Let's go down the ringside. The following podcast is scheduled for one episode and is our vantage point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Outside, we couldn't see it from our vantage point. fans and welcome to our vantage point the retro wrestling podcast thank you guys so much for being back with us here it is monday august 3rd 2020 and it is episode number 187 we're gonna romp you through the world of retro wrestling yet again as always i'm joe Morata. i'm joined by michael quinn how you doing there michael howdy diddy quinn it is august the summer is just cruising on by if it's you will burning up heating up it is heating up very here, wave outside there's yes definitely and folks uh we have some great topics in store for you here and before we get to them i want to remind you of something you're probably following us on twitter but if you're not you should do that over at ovp podcast on twitter the reason for that is we have clips oh the, all the clips a lot of clips we have like a there's like a basement in this building uh-huh. and there's just tapes up to the ceiling in and, the basement it's and we ridiculous pull, we pull really. them out we put them into the vcr yeah it's all vcr based <laughs> it's kinescope all yeah. sorts of stuff so we have some super eight down there absolutely yeah. and uh for the month of august we'll be rolling through SummerSlam. There's gonna be a lot of SummerSlam clips this entire month so follow us on twitter if you don't at OVP Podcast. You can also email us at OVPPodcast at gmail.com. That is OVPPodcast at gmail.com. But Quinn, the actual best place to talk to you right. and me and like hundreds of other retro wrestling fanatics is where? Over at Facebook.com slash Facebook Zone. Facebook Zone. Right, Facebook Zone. Yeah. That's it's new. They're rebranding the whole thing. You didn't hear this, folks? Yeah, yeah it's new. Just look it up on yeah. Google. Facebook Zone. <laughs> anyway, over at Facebook Zone. Yeah, it's great. There's a, there's a search bar. You can type our vantage point, death, retro wrestling podcast, bing, bang, boom, tube, score, kafui, you know, all the, the ceremonial things we say. Yeah, it's a ritual. And then uh, you hit the join group, you're in. That's it. You just join the group. It's free, though, is the right. thing. You don't Very pay money. Free. There's zero commitment. Right. There's no CODs because there's no money. It's not like they're like, we don't want the CODs. It's like, we don't need the CODs. We, we, <laughs> we don't even need them here. There's no C, so there's nothing to D. Yeah, if you know exactly, what I'm saying. Exactly. No demand. No demand. But if you need to uh, talk about old wrestling, that's the place to do it. If that's the demand in your life, is to talk to people, hundreds of people that might want to be interested in your thoughts on Dino Bravo. Right. They are welcome there at Facebook, our group. It's Our Vantage Point Retro Wrestling Podcast. And basically, the only main rule there kind of encompasses everything is don't be what? A dingus. Don't be a dingus. If you don't know what that means, think about it for a second. Maybe ask a friend. Say to yourself, am I being a dingus? Phone a friend, maybe? Phone a friend if you want to. Just don't be mean. Okay, yeah. that's the point. Just don't do it. We don't do that there. It's you, not what. It's not how it goes That's not there. the point it's, of it's that group. no dingus zone. Right. It says it right on the door. <laughs> no dingus zone. It does. Zone. It's on the frosted glass yeah, door. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so just be nice to each other. Be respectful. And talk about the old wrestling. And then we do have a Patreon. Don't grumble yet. We have a Patreon if you want extra stuff. That's if you want extra content, like pay-per-view reviews. It's patreon.com slash OVP podcast. Grumble, grumble. The absolute highest that we even ask you for is $5 an entire month. Yep. A month. Five. 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 Okay. Like King Kong Bundy had till five. The time Brett won the title at SummerSlam. <laughs> right. 97. Five. Daniel Bryan refusing to break a choke. A five. five. There's all these wrestling things. They, they're in the know. Yes. About this. So. so check it out. Patreon.com slash OVP podcast. But Michael, now it's time for a segment. 
Now we're winding down. Now it's 187. The season, it had this nice crescendo. Yeah. And now it's like, it's almost over. Sometimes, <laughs> you know, I forget we're this deep in a season. Like, it, it always creeps on, on me. We're like seven, the yeah. seventh episode. Then you're just like, what? What? Wait, how did we do this many already I this season? Know. I don't know, Quinn. Okay. But what we've been doing, folks, is we've been talking about wrestlers that debut at a young age. And they might be a highly touted prospect, a fresh face, if you will. A hot prospect, right? This is somebody that could be a blue chipper, the future of the business. And many people have succeeded in this regard. Your young Randall Ortons and John Cena's. And Rocky Maivia. Rocky Maivia, the Lionheart, Chris yes. Jericho, if you will. Uh, a fellow by the name of Stunning Steve Austin. I remember him. Remember him? I him? Remember that time he like he was like, I'm the king, and that's yeah. the bottom line. 316, brothers. And then the like, next day. And then the next day, there were right. signs everywhere. Yeah. It was amazing. And sometimes that happens. Other times, however... You know, this new hot prospect doesn't quite work out the way the promoter planned or perhaps how the fans had expected. It is a segment we've been doing all season long, folks, called The Up-and-Comers That Never Came. Sad, Quinn. It's very depressing. <laughs> now, this one is actually my pick. We've been taking your suggestions, folks. We've had some good ones. Quinn's had some ideas. This one is one that I wanted to do. I don't know why now that I think about it, it because who I, talks about this guy? I kind of want to talk about it. This is one of those when you suggested it was kind of like, yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> and Quinn, it is, of course, Tiger Ali Singh. I don't want anything to divert my attention at the main goal. And that is to be recognized throughout the world as the greatest fighter of all time. Now, who the hell is that, if you don't remember? Because yeah, me- people me- might not. Member him. Yeah, like, member uh, him. <laughs> this so, guy was, they, they were really, had a lot of uh, huge. stock in this huge. guy, huh? And this is weird, folks. So, Tiger Ali Singh, we have to roll, roll it back real quick. His dad was a wrestler named Tiger Jeet Singh. Who cares? I seem to remember him like always at the Japan shows, yes. and he's like, "Oh, get out of my way, chairs!" Yeah. And like he would like hit them <laughs> right. all out of the way. That guy, right? Tiger Tiger Jeet Singh, uh, I guess, was most famous for feuding with Antonio Inoki. And right. feuding with Antonio Inoki will get pretty much anyone over back then in right. the 70s. And also being like a crazy man or something. Like, kind of like a wild his, Middle yeah, Eastern kind of character. Like Sabu or yes. something, but like more kind of. Uh, bomb yes. bomb break things boom, like, boom. yeah <laughs> and he was a uh, he was indian and canadian nevertheless he was a wrestler for a long time into the 90s actually and he had a son whose name is gurjeet singh hans is his name okay just for the record right strictly canadian of an indian background but a, a canadian wrestler okay he always came off very canadian to me just from like the get-go i was right. like i don't know why sometimes you could just tell somebody's canadian maybe it's the way they talk or maybe whatever they have a canadian flag with yeah, them or something I, I, like I that or a bottle the, of syrup or a moose very, very canadian to me for some reason well he was dressed like a mountie that one time no yeah. uh so tiger ali singh now who had started wrestling in the early 90s actually trained by antonio inoki which is right. kind of funny not his dad as much i mean now, <laughs> which I is seem, funny right? i seem to remember clips of like him with Dr. Tom and like a yes. something. What is oh, that about? Yeah, yeah, we'll get to that too. So he wrestled in Japan for a bit and a few other places. And Vince McMahon took notice of him in early 1997. Now, do you remember that Raw that was at like the Sky Dome in early 97 for reasons? I think like, so. Vaguely, it right? Was, yeah, it was. There was some crap matches at it or something. And it was right? lit poorly for some reason. Like, all the early 97 Raws were like lit yeah, weird. It, it, if I if I'm thinking, sometimes I'm 
I'm wondering, Joe, if I mixed that up with the time they were in Europe and no, there was different. a European time, but it was also a big thing. <laughs> that one was, yeah, that was different. We're in Sky Dome for Raw, but nobody cares. Yeah. It's like, here's some yeah. jobber matches. Right. Like, what? Well, that's because, you know, WCW is so much better with Sting being sad. That's captivating television. <laughs> At least they were doing something. The- well, you know what WWF was doing? Obviously, I can't believe more people didn't watch. Right. They had a press conference in Toronto uh-huh. at the Sky Dome for yeah. Tiger Ali. Sa- this, this thing about that. A press conference? <laughs> Nobody's ever heard of this person. Like, they're like, we got him, folks. And you're like, well, is it Sting? Is it yeah. Hulk coming is Savage back? back? Yeah. Like, you're like, this is great, right? You get there, and then there's this guy. This guy. That's all. Just some like, guy. I, I am very proud to be in the WF now. And you're, and they're like, okay, what else? Is this like just the beginning, right? Yeah, are you? Are you the? Are you Hogan's new manager? Right, Who are yeah, you? What, what is this guy? And then like, and then it's just that's it. it it's him. That, that's the guy. And Everyone tra- in Canada knows who he is, obviously. Oh, yeah. Vince McMahon was there to announce the signing of the son of the legendary Tiger Jeet Singh, Tiger Ali Singh, the newest superstar in the World Wrestling Federation. This is the only company that you'll find not one great star, but a whole caliber of great stars. And they're treating it like when the Yankees signed Reggie frickin' Jackson or yeah. something, you know what I mean? The hottest prospect. <laughs> right. Derek Jeter has moved to the Toronto That's Blue right. Jays. So anyway, he uh, he signed in January. I think even Bret Hart was at the press conference. I wish Tiger Alley Singh nothing but the best. And I believe in my heart that he'll carry the Canadian flag to such heights that I have. And I wish him absolutely all the best. You know, my dad said Tiger. <laughs> anyway. Then he wins the freaking second annual Kuwaiti Cup in April. Right. The Kuwaiti Cup. That doesn't matter. Prestigious. Now, <laughs> what's great about that is it was not acknowledged in the U.S., so good way to get the guy over. It was right. like, they're like, here's a still photo of what? him winning. Can, and we're like, we who just, is that? Can we just think about this rollout for a second? Like, <laughs> what, what were they doing? Like, usually they're like any, even like. People like Skinner and like Waylon Mercy got better rollouts than this. Like you know, they have good fucking, vignettes and fucking, stuff. Uh, what Henry that? Godwin had a better backstory. Uh, the plumber man got, got Kill he, Hopper. He was like on commentary and shit for weeks before, and like there was this whole introduction. It's like I don't like Duke the dumpster. It's like there was like this whole backstory with this guy. They're just like. His dad was a wrestler in Canada, and you never saw him ever in WF, and he's really good. And he won this thing in WF that you never heard of that didn't really happen. What is that? That's exactly what they did. The best kept secret in the World Wrestling Federation could be Tiger Ali Singh. Last week, Tiger Ali Singh won the 1997 Kuwait International Tournament. He wins this shit. He's on like Raw like once yeah. <laughs> in 97. He has a couple of matches later in 97 on, like, Shotgun. Right. Here's how you know they really don't... This is the fuck you, right? So he's Canadian. And this is not the guy's fault. None of this is Tiger Ali Singh's fault. No, he signed with them thinking, oh, they're going to make right. me Stone Cold or right, something. Right, right, or know? something. <laughs> yeah. He's a nice guy, right, by all by all counts. His dad, maybe not. So they put his dad with him as his corner man. Fine. I remember that, like, once. But, again, you didn't know who that guy was in 1997 because right. he didn't have, like, Tons of VHS tapes to watch. But you know who else they put with him? Sometimes in the end of 97. What? You're not going to believe this. I don't even remember. The Iron Sheik. Oh, actually, I do remember this because they were like, they didn't they pair him with the <sighs> salt music, Maybe. you know, at some point? But just think about this WWF here. You know, the Iron Sheik is from Iran. Yeah. Tiger Ali Singh 
is Canadian, but with like an India, 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 not Iran. It's just you know they lumped them into the Middle Eastern you know amalgamation. Lazy, yeah. It's just that's all I'm trying to say. It's indicative of that they didn't care. So anyway, why didn't they care? Well, he had a good look. I'll give him that big guy, big guy, distinct looking. He looked like he beat you up. Uh huh. He wasn't small by any means. No, not a bad promo, which we got to find out in 1998, which Mm -hmm. is what I want to talk about now. So if you remember, in mid late '98. He starts emerging as this now heel, which he should have been a heel because he looks like a douche nozzle. Right, yeah, he should yeah. be a heel. True, right? Aristocrat, almost doing like the '87 DiBiase gimmick. Right, but I also seem to remember there was no hint of the Indian aspect. It was more just vaguely Middle Eastern. Right? It was just vaguely Middle Eastern because it's WWF and yeah. they keep it bro- very broad over there. Yeah. Right, very broad. Anything, I think- anything between Israel and China yeah. is just Middle East. <laughs> I think he was literally billed. I'm not shitting you from Asia. Yeah, just Asia. <laughs> That's They're ridiculous. like, we don't give a shit where you're from. <laughs> yeah. Fuck you, basically. Anyway, and he was now this aristocrat with. What was, I'm not trying to be funny, but was the servant's name Babu or something? Like, I'm serious. I think you're right. I think I, it I was wanna, Babu. Yeah, it doesn't matter. There it was doesn't just, matter. There, there but... was a servant. Babu. <laughs> Babu. <laughs> Babu. That's all you need to know. There was a guy that helped him or something. And he did the same bullshit that DiBiase would do. where right, he'd he like, was an Indian million dollar man. <laughs> yeah, it's real. Yeah. And he'd be like, if you if you act like Jim Ross, I'll give you $500 will or you whatever. sniff this dog poo yeah. off the ground? Like, will you sniff it? French kiss. Baboon. Oh. And obviously, this was captivating television and got him so over. Oh, this is everybody was, fuck that guy. Right. We want, he stinks. Oh, yeah. Then they take him off TV in 99, mainly because he was such a terrible wrestler that they sent him to Puerto Rico to get better at wrestling. Oh, that youngster Carlos Colon can teach him, right? (laughs) And that's mainly the big strike against Tiger Ali. Now, they didn't know how the hell to roll this guy out, obviously. We've already accomplished that, right? Here's the thing is, you don't have to be a good wrestler for them to roll you out well. Correct. You know what I mean? Yes. They could take somebody who's dog crap in the ring and make him seem like he's this big deal. Yeah, they do that frequently, actually. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but the problem here is that he had the good look, and he could talk. He was fine as a talker. He could not wrestle. He was an awful wrestler. Clumsy, sloppy. Right. So they sent him to Puerto Rico. They bring him back, and you might remember his final run in the WWF in 2000 and 2001 as the manager of Lowdown, mm-hmm. the team of D'Lo Brown, Godfather, No, and Chaz. Guy? Oh, right. Now I always think the Godfather was in that Because they teamed at WrestleMania 2000. That's what I'm thinking of. Chaz was Mosh, but after he was Mosh, he was then like right, the, um, right. Winky, what's his name? I Otis. He was the guy with the beaver cleavage. The beaver and but the cleavage. then they're like, no, you're not really that. You're Chaz. And he's like, okay, but when do I be Mosh again? So, sometimes I always wish they just kept him as the beaver and they just let that play out because it was so bad that it... It's awful. It, it could have... They could have turned it sideways, though, Joe, and could have made it, like, me- very memorable. Quinn. <laughs> uh, and then D'Lo Brown had not been the same since he accidentally hurt draws. His right. confidence suffered. He He felt horrible. So this team... Of D'Lo. Awful. And then they put Tiger Ali Singh as their manager. Why did they wear turbans and stuff? I like, don't know. What, what did that have to do with lowdown? Nothing. Like, I don't understand. Quinn, here's the thing. They gave up on Tiger Ali. I swear. <laughs> now, I wasn't there, obviously, okay? Bruce Pritchard was. And maybe if you can sit through the commercials, you can hear him tell the story at some point. I don't if know if like he's ever Blue talked Chew, about it. Yeah. That's the podcast for you. If you want him to chat you up, but here, you want to know my honest guess? Uh huh. They're like, this guy's good. Right. <laughs> Big. Right. Second gen, Canadian, 
good talker, good look. Can he wrestle? Eh, he's okay. All right, we'll, we'll, we'll make him better. They bring him in. They they keep him in Kuwait. So right. that way it's just like, all right, no one will see. Is this where and the doctor... And they're like, oh, fuck, he yeah. sucks. Is this where the Dr. Tom clips came from? Probably in like 97 yeah, and 98. Okay. Yeah, because yeah. I just remember Dr. Tom beating the shit out of him like, <laughs> right. in like fucking athletic shorts or something. Yeah, Dr. Tom yeah. in his teaching shorts. With like his glasses on still. They didn't even take his glasses <laughs> yeah. off to beat him up. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> But honestly, I really think that that's what they, um, that that's what happened. That's my short version. They're like, all right, we'll make him a good wrestler. Right. Shit, that ain't going to happen. And they're like, let's just unload him as quickly as possible. Now, he left in, in 02 when his contract expired. Mm-hmm. He had gotten injured in Puerto Rico. Okay. Right. And he actually filed a harassment lawsuit against him, but not like now, everyone yeah, what, style. What, what is that? What did that entail? Harassment meaning they beat him up in wrestling school or something? Like, well, like- he. <laughs> He said that in 1999, people like put crap in his turban, like garbage and stuff like that. And you know what? Look, I believe it because wrestling. I mean, isn't that like usual, like ribbing fair in wrestling? Is it a rib though? I mean, I don't know. No, like I mean, Randy nice. Orton crapped in a bag once. That's not nice. I know. I'm not. None of that. like these ribs are. are I'm These not, quote unquote ribs are usually people being right. heinous assholes to Listen, each other. I'm not defending it. I'm just saying, like, isn't this just what fucking happens in wrestling? Yeah, like, but it doesn't mean you have to like it. I know. A lot of things just happen yeah. in wrestling. It doesn't I, mean they're good. Yeah, I, I don't know. That to me it sounds like the boys being boys though in this case, right? I guess so, but maybe yeah. he didn't want none of that right. after well, he Well, if he <laughs> if he said stop and they didn't stop, <laughs> yeah. that's one thing. But right. anyway. Maybe, maybe that's what happened. That uh that notwithstanding, the guy was only thirty one when he retired. Yeah, I mean, I mean he's he a young guy. He didn't go through in the business. No, he really didn't. Yeah. And he's, you know, done a couple of interviews here and there since then. Uh, Rupert Murdoch basically gave an ultimatum. Vince McMahon's contract was up in 96 and said, I need you in order for me to renew your contract and not do it with New Japan Pro Wrestling or Ted Turner. I need you to deliver me. I guess an Asian Hulk Hogan, mm-hmm. which would be transcending wrestling and also get into celebrity, kind of a neutral face that would appeal to the Middle Eastern community, the Indian community, the Pacific Rim countries. Here's where I think they went wrong: is that they didn't know how to they didn't know how to use this guy and what aspect of him to focus on. Right? Did they focus on the second gen? Mm-hmm. Did they try to make him a good wrestler? Did they distance from all that and have his own? You know what I'm saying? Right? Yeah. I- they just I, didn't have a plan for him. The, here's the thing: is I can't lie. I thought that eventually he would be a big deal. Sort of the high in '98, like, right? Yeah, like I thought. You know, whatever this is, they're they're just training him or something. Right. Like you know what I mean? And that like, yeah. wait till like 2005 or like you know where he's around for like in the eight, prime. eight to ten years or something. Yeah. You know, and then 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 he comes out and all of a sudden he's kicking ass, right? right. But he never did. And I don't know how much of that is he just wasn't talented or like he just didn't want to follow through with it. Like he was just like, I'm not waiting around for this, you know, like true like that. I, I don't know. And also last week we talked about Alex Wright. Right. And how he had a lot of the tools also, but maybe right. backstage, maybe people didn't like him again. Right. Not that they shouldn't have. No. You know, listen, like what I said before, I know the boys are always boys with each other and blah, blah, blah. But, yeah, but if you're going to fuck with people, some, I mean, some people 
some people don't want to deal with that shit. Yeah. They just want to go to work. Right. Like, you know what I mean? And sometimes, <laughs> I, I do notice in wrestling, though, sometimes that that's what sends people out. They're just like, I can't deal with this yeah. shit. Like, you know? Yeah. Oh, you're not crazy enough to be a boy with us, you know what I mean? Right. So because they all fuck with each other. <laughs> I know they but, do. Yeah. No, I know yeah. they do. And But I, I'm not blaming him. Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, if he was just like, you know what? This shit isn't for me, man. Like, yeah. it's like my dad did this crap. I'm... <laughs> whatever I'm that not, wasn't that good either yeah it's like you know what i'm not dealing with this shit right. like tiger ali singh was just one of those like weird footnotes almost because yeah. he was there pre-attitude era right throughout the attitude era he was on television as late as like oh one right and they never did anything with the guy it's just a they very see, they weird hair too and that's what's <laughs> yeah. so scary and so weird odd. about it it's just like this was like they really were gonna do this like they were they, really going for like it like if he was willing they were able they were going to put the entire machine behind him, right? You know, yeah. and push him. If he wanted it, you yeah. know what I mean. But you know, he couldn't wrestle. He was no. a very bad wrestler. Yeah. That's why they made him a manager for crying out right. loud. So, what well, was nice having a manager for a while? I did. That's the one thing. I, I think that's <laughs> why he appealed to me. I was like, oh, we haven't had managers in a while. This guy's like a dedicated manager. Yeah. What do we have by two thousand? Paul Bear sometimes. Yeah. Like there was it. no managers anymore. So you thought this guy's like the new the new set of man. Maybe they'll bring in some more. Or oh something, yeah. You know? <laughs> but no, uh, he didn't really manage to have any kind of career in the WWF that right. was worth anything. And folks, you can let us know your thoughts on Tiger Ali Singh. Uh, your memories of him as we always say your favorite memories right. of tiger ali saying that time he made the person eat, eat the foot or something dog food yeah. or something probably that was the big thing <laughs> uh, and you can do that of course on twitter at ovp podcast you can shoot us an email or join the group but quinn when we come back it's getting serious now because two more names are going to come out for the royal rankings of talkers we're going to pull them out we're going to rank them we're going to see where they land that's right folks it is the royal rankings of talkers in wrestling and that's coming up right after this. Well, I'm running down the road trying to loosen my load. I got seven women on my mind. Four that want to own me, two that want to stone me once, and she's a friend of mine. And they're kind of very demoralizing. Um, it was a very uh, negative background, negative uh, in the backstage area. I would kind of hold myself. Um, so then they sent me to Puerto Rico. And I was sent to Puerto Rico. Beautiful country, beautiful people. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, kind of destitute. You know, they're they're not bringing in the big dollars and all mm-hmm. that. So I was kind of forced. I was given an ultimatum. It was during monsoon season. Monsoon was on the horizon. Spent a lot of money. Spent a lot of money. From Harley Race to Hulk Hogan, Ric Flair to The Rock, Sting to Steve Austin, you're listening to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. It is episode number 187, Monday, August the 3rd, 2020. Hello there, Michael. Hello. How's your seltzer? Oh, it's 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 a dandy. It is. It's Mandarin a da- orange, you say? Tasty, right? It's a very tasty seltzy. And I got something that's tasty for you folks. We got a tasty deal over on Patreon.com slash OVP podcast. Now, the tastiest. It's very tasty. As I mentioned, the highest we go is $5, okay? That's the highest we do. And the reason we do Patreon is to give you fans a chance who like OVP... A, a chance to support us, which we appreciate. But in return, you get a lot of content, and that's kind of the whole point. It's a content-based, content-focused mm-hmm. Patreon. 
Yeah, it's got a lot of. It's got like two hundred and like fifty like things. Extra on. things. It's ridiculous. Like, and you get that just at, at the five dollar. You get everything, the whole kit and caboodle. Yeah, even, both. Even if you're willing to, if you don't want to invest five dollars, like you say, I want three dollars, mm-hmm. right? Three dollars gets you like a hundred and fifty things. Like, right. so like the gap is like kind of. You still get a lot of stuff. Still get a lot of stuff. So, again, the point of it is not for us to get rich and try to rip you guys off by giving you, like, really stupid things in return. It's basically for people that like OVP already. Do you like content? <laughs> right. And you just want more of it. Right. We have a lot of it. And the centerpiece of that is the pay-per-view reviews. They are on the $5 tier. They come out once a month. And I just want to clear it up because a few people have been confused. They're audio podcasts just like this one is. It's, right. not, it's not a live watch-along. It's not a video review. No, it's like an actual we took notes and like yeah. made jokes and things like, <laughs> yeah. like a regular show. It's a full-length review. Uh, those are very, very fun to do, and I think they're fun to listen to for our fans. $3 tier gets you the bi-weekly video or audio reviews of 1983, and you do get some goodies on the $2 tier. Again, if you like our show already and you want to help us out, patreon.com slash OVP podcast. We do appreciate that. We understand if you're never going to donate. That's okay. Thank you for listening to this. Yes, thank okay? you. That's our pitch for there the week. You go. We're done. You're pitched. That's it. Now, Quinn, we have... This is serious. It, it's one of the most serious um, things we Ever. do. Uh, people get... like They're like, guys, you gotta put on your suits, um, bring your briefcases, mm-hmm. let's do this, right? Let's go uh, to the boardroom. This is the most serious thing. It's called the Royal Rankings, and basically right. we take... Uh, Ten things, and we talk about them all season long. We rank them. Mm-hmm. How do we get there? Well, you guys voted. We didn't vote. You right. did. And you basically give us your list of your top ten something, bottom ten of something. Joe Merkel, our chief statistician. Got all the stats. The best stats. He compiles those into two tanks. One for the best, one for the worst. We pull those two names out each and every week. We alternate until by the end of the season. What you're going to have for this season. Is the OVP scientifically ranked, certified, organic, USDA approved, non-GMO, ordained, baptized, and healthy. Best and worst talkers in wrestling of all time. So this week is the best, which is the Royal Rankings. Quinn, it's been tough, actually, in all seriousness. This has been a tough one. Um, There's a lot of big names on <laughs> yeah. this, like, more bigger than usual, I feel. And what's scary, folks, is that there's still a lot of names clearly not on it yet. So yes. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run down what we've got. Who this, do we got? Who's, on, the, the, who's on that list? At number one, Ric Flair, of course. He's great. Yeah. Number two, like, Hulk Hogan, who I think is good, like fighting. Hey, I'm not saying he's bad, right? but he's number two. But no, it's better than people would probably put him. You think? Yeah. I, I, I think you're right. Number three, Randy Savage. Excellent. Yes. Excellent. I mean, the Savage Man. Very Savage. He, he's one of my favorites of all time. Yes, sir. Talking wise. Number four, Steve Austin. Stone Cold. Very serious, very good. Very good. Uh, number five, Roddy Piper. Yes, Roddy and the Piper. Crazy. He's the crazy man on the list. He's the crazy one. And number six is The Rock, who is very, he's so funny. Funny haha. Haha. Ha. Uh, so that's a six on the board right now. Two more are going to come out this week. We're going to see where they rank. It could. They could go right to the bottom. They could go right to the top. We you, don't never know. Know. you never know. We don't know who they are. What's going to happen? So, uh, you know what? We only have one option left, Quinn. That option is to go down to Howard Finkel. Right. For the Royal Rankings. Ladies and gentlemen, it is now time for the Royal Rankings. Double A's on the scene now, baby. Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass.
the athlete of the day supposed to look? Wallowing in the muck of Everest. It is the Royal Rankings, and we are getting hot and heavy here, Michael. We're going to the muck of Mount Everest. Mount Everest. Mount Everest, (laughs) yes. Uh, So, as you've heard, folks, there are six names on the board already. But there's got to be some heavy hitters coming out. The heaviest hitters. The heaviest hitters. It's so heavy. <laughs> Quinn. Yeah. What we're starting to try to fine tune these things, right? Because we, we have to now get beyond they're good versus they're not good, right? Everyone right. on here is going to be good. Now it's all the nuance and right. it's all the the details. Correct. Everyone's good here. Like there hasn't been a bad one, like one where we're like, why is this on the list? Right. Like there hasn't been any of that. No, from Ric Flair to The Rock, all right. of them. I mean, this is a really good list. Sting to Stone Cold, whatever, <laughs> yeah. whatever you say in the from promo. Harley Race to Hulk Hogan. Yeah. All right. So. With those six men on there, we're bringing out two more folks. Again, we do not vote. We just rank them. You can let us know your rankings and why you disagree or agree. But, Quinn, without any further ado, because we got we got work to do here. You got your lab coat on? You got I, everything ready? I got ready? it all. I got the analyzing machines. Okay. I got watches and, and things. I got, dish. I got six clocks in the wall and one's from Tokyo. Okay. Like they're, they're, it's a, we got we to gotta keep the time zones. In. That's it, true. It's we're part, watching. It's, it's part of the analysis. I don't know. Get that science meet going uh, yeah. here, Quinn. Science meet. Let's go down to the fans and find out who drew number seven. This company, from the front office idiots to all the amateurs in the dressing room, including this one, will never, ever be the same again. Well, this list will never ever be the same again it won't again it's chris jericho very canadian crystal jericho yeah crystal pepsi (laughs) jericho crystal p jericho as he's known hey jerky instead of making an obvious joke like jericho made the list you're comparing him to soda don't ever let it happen again he's someone that in the last probably five or eight years has really become i guess through his work with AEW in japan you know, known as one of the all-time greats, not just right. in talking, but in general. I don't know if I agree with that. I don't know <laughs> either. I think it's. I, I think, think it's great. I think the respect more is that 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 wrestler Chris Jericho. Chris he, Jericho. He made a decision to um, stop focusing on his wrestling and become a full-time talker and wrestle every once in a while. Right. Yeah, because so he's there, old. Right, and so there was a certain respect gained for that. Be, uh, gained for that. <laughs> um, and I, I, I get it. Because there's not too. a lot of good talkers. There's not a lot of talkers anymore that talk like without a script like he does. Correct. And so he yes. gets respect for that. I think you're a piece of shit. You're not going to hear me putting down Chris Jericho as a talker or as a, a wrestler. I do like him. Right. Okay. I really do. So before anyone gets angry at me, no, no, no. He's, he definitely belongs on this list and he definitely belongs in a conversation right now in 2020 as far as some of the all time greats. Right. That said, though, we're going to have to see where he ranks. So let's roll it back. Obviously, in the early days of Chris Jericho, when he was the Lionheart, when he had wrestled in ECW and overseas and in Japan and things like that, very up and coming. Very up and coming. Hi, I'm here. Hi. Hi, yeah. I got long hair and yeah. I, I'm the Lionheart. Yeah. Like, <laughs> That's me. Yeah, it's very Lance Storm. <laughs> yep. Like, oh my Good God. Good team. Yeah. Good wrestling yeah, but they team. They were terrible talkers. Well, yeah, Lance Storm never got better either, yeah. did he? Now, Jericho wasn't known for his talking until I want to say that. The mid, heel turn. The mid end point of 1997 over right. WCW. Now, when that started and throughout his 1998, he transformed himself from being high 
Lionheart, you yeah. know, and where it could have been if he wasn't talented, it could have been this very generic. Like, remember when Tatanka turned heel? Yeah, it was just like, <laughs> I am heel now. Yeah, yeah. Right. Instead right. with Jericho, what I liked about his heel turn, right, mm-hmm. is that most characters back then when they turned heel, they became badasses, right? Because that was kind of the, the trend, the right? The NWO era, damn it. Chris Jericho went the route of crybaby little bitch. Like, <laughs> in, in, like, yeah. every, like you know what I mean? Just like everything that went, didn't go his way. He yep. was just a big baby about and it. And he was a big bully, too. Yeah. He was like a meanie. But that character developed into this this secondary character, right? After the crybaby thing, right? And he then the temper tantrums, he, yeah, the temper tantrums, and then he started to win stuff, right? Yep. And then it turned into this more like overconfident, but like when the shit hit the fan, it'd be like, no, 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 don't uh-huh. hit me, like that character, like the Malenko feud we talked about right. recently. So this this kind of character kind of developed very slowly over a kind of like a year, I want to say, yeah, right? six and months it, to a year. Like it started with you know the crybaby crybaby started to phase out, and then you know he started a feud with Malenko. And then some of the, the the more like genius stuff, the stuff that like was really off the wall started to appear. Like the time that Dean Malenko, you know, he always said, I'm the man of a thousand holds. So yeah. Chris Jericho said, I'm a man of a thousand and four holds. Yeah. And here's all one thousand and four holds. And he, go, he goes in the ring. Yes, it was with, great. With printer paper yeah. like from the 90s uh-huh. that like goes all the way down and he starts just listing them as they go to commercial break and they come back from the commercial break and he's still there and tony shivani's like get him the fuck yeah. out like, he's so mad arm bar yeah stuff like that hold two arm bar hold three the moss covered three-handled family gradunzel that and then obviously the work that he did in the Cruiserweight Battle Royal and his whole 98 right. really in general, a feud with Goldberg where it was really just Jericho calling out Goldberg the whole right. time. Using some of the old brother love tricks like mispronouncing names. Right. These are, you know what I mean? Oh, like, the mispronouncing. He t- Jojo took, Dylan. He took the mantle with that. Yeah. He, had a na- he had a wrong name for absolutely <laughs> yeah. every single person. And it was great. Yeah. And, and then he got Ralphus, which also added to like, the, funny. the ambiance of yeah. like his whole thing. And I also like that he added. Yeah, Lenny Lane is like his decoy. <laughs> he had, yes, he had a decoy. He had like a fake yeah. that like if he would lose, yes. that, like sometimes Lenny Lane would actually lose so it's he wouldn't lose real. his belt. There was also the, the period of time where he wore arm warmers and had weird hair yeah like, like, like pigtails like no it got it started with pigtails right but then it got really stupid where he started putting like <laughs> gel in it so it would go to like the ceiling it's real. like it's real. it was insane and he had this big fat idiot following him, right. and he just looked like a complete goof he started calling the show monday night jericho uh-huh. Now, none of this would matter if he wasn't a good talker, but he was a great talker. Right. He stood out. He mm. stood out in WCW. Think about that for a second. He stood out in 1998 WCW, where it's the Wolfpack, where it's the... He had nothing to do with any of the NWO right. stuff. This is my favorite part. He was on, like, an island. Yes. Like, he was, he was like, I don't... NWO, who can... Like, if NWO got in his way, you'd see him back the fuck uh-huh. off. Like, he would be he like, nothing not, to do with I'm, them. Not, I'm not involved in that. <laughs> right. Like, he had his own feud with Saturn going on on yeah. the side there. Now, what was so great about Jericho the Talker is by the time that he, 1999 rolled around and The Rock had been doing his shtick in the WWF, right? Very comparable in a certain way right. as like the, the premier insult comedians on the mic in right. their respective promotions. So when Chris Jericho debuted in the WWF, how fitting was it? And we've talked about this moment so many times, but how fitting was it in August of 1999 yeah. that the guy in the ring when Jericho debuts to a huge pop, by the way, mm-hmm. Was the rock. Right. So a lot of I want to say one thing about this. I think there's a misconception here. 
Um, I think a lot of people get mad about this this because The Rock outwitted him or whatever. That's and, the point. Right. And and here's the <laughs> a heel. Right. But here's why I say this is okay, actually. Yeah. It's because if you paid attention to the Jericho character that was before when he and when he came in, right? That character literally couldn't back up his talk. That was the whole point. That was the whole point of him, right? Yes. Is that he talked a big game, but he just couldn't back it up. The right? Rock could back it up. Right. So when they came to head loggerheads in a yeah. talking battle, of course The Rock was going to outclass. As soon as Chris Jericho starts to get made fun of, he starts to put the cry face yeah. on, and he's like, oh, I don't want it. Like, don't <laughs> yeah. like he's a chicken shit. Like, that's, that's the, the point. point. So obviously, when he ran into The Rock, <laughs> yeah. who can back it up and can out-talk him, like, yes. of course The Rock's going to win that battle. Right, and The Rock was right. He's like, who the fuck are you? Get yeah. out of here. Yeah. That's all it was. You're the guy with the stupid real. fucking hair and a fat man that follows <laughs> yeah. you. Like, Hooventude? Yeah. yeah. I remember him saying that. Yeah. But anyway, he basically, he's only the WCW Jericho for a few months. Right. This then, is the conversion. Yeah, happens. sadly. Then he turns into a face. After he feuds with China because, fuck. Uh, then he turns into a face. Right. Right. And then his whole MO, he becomes like a second-rate rock. Because yeah. all he does is make fun of Stephanie and call her like a whore. Like, Trash bag hoe yeah, and all old. this. Yeah, it's just, it's a, cause he's it just starting, gets old. He, he, did it, he did the WF thing where everything had to be a catchphrase. Yeah. like And it was like, I always say this about a lot of guys, but like the Disney-fication yes. of like Chris Jericho. Like right. Where they're like, we need to make him a brand name and right. people need to like know him. <sighs> so even though he's still a very entertaining talker throughout 2000, the Rock is also there, which leads to some funny exchanges with the two of them. Then 2001, and then he finally turns heel, right? Right. Then he's the undisputed champion. Now at least he's a heel again. Now he's right. a good heel. Right. Great heel during that era. That's the arrogant cover era, right. remember? Yeah. Arrogant with the, the foot in the, <laughs> yeah. in the muscle pose. Yeah. He's funny. Yeah. No, he's great. That era is good for him. I've got no problem with beating you, Rock. I beat you at no mercy. I beat you at judgment day. And actually, I want to give him some props as a babyface that was like a hopeful babyface. Oh, like the time 2000s? where like Triple H, like he beat him for two seconds and Earl Hebert, it didn't happen. And then Chris, Jer- <laughs> but Chris Jericho all during it was kind of great. Didn't happen. Yeah. yeah, no, Jericho was awesome in 2000. And then when he's a heel again in 01 to 2003, like the whole time, right? Yeah, Until the Lucy thing. And- yeah, <laughs> don't bring up Lucy. Yeah. And then he leaves in uh, 05, remember? Cena yeah. like beats him and he has to leave. So this is that phase of Jericho, right? So we've gone through the WCW to like first end of the WWF run. Mm-hmm. Excellent talker, right? Right. Then he kind of starts to reinvent himself when he comes back again. Right. This was just like a break for a couple months. Is that all this was? A couple years. What, like two years? Yeah, but in Jericho terms, that's not too long because he kind of comes and goes as he pleases. <laughs> yeah, that started the trend. Yeah. Now, of course, when he came back, he had the stupid hair. Right. Remember? And like did the vest and everything. So, That okay. was poor. Now, I want to say one thing about this character. It was poor. I want to compliment it in one way. Is that the whole object of this character is Jericho didn't want to come back as just Chris Jericho. It was like a bartender. Right. But the idea behind this character, remember, he didn't talk. And no, was, at first he did, remember? Did he? What's when the he one where he back, just smiled or whatever? Is that the second comeback? When he came back and he was just like a big face. Right. And he's feuded with Orton. He's like, I came back to save them from you, Randy. And everyone's like, what? There's that. But that's that was mo- poor. Yeah, that is poor. You're it right. Sucked. It's poor. But that's mostly forgotten about because I think it gets like it did with my brain. It gets lumped in with the also the light up jacket comeback, which that's is later. after that. Yeah. But what was the good thing about this run is what they call they always say Jericho reinvents himself. Really, all he is doing is changing his clothes and talking more sternly. But whatever. It's not that much of a genius. <laughs> right. He just like wears stupid shit and talks a little different. He's a wrestler. I could do that, too. 
Yeah. Uh, like, honestly. Yeah. But anyway, he turned heel, if you recall, right. and went to the short tights right. and feuded with Shawn Michaels and the glass in the eye and all so that and the Jeritron. Th- I thought that the short tights Jericho was actually funny. It was good. Because, first of all, I, just, suit. I like that he picked an attire where it made him look fat. Like, and you knew that was like little by little with the way Jericho operates. You knew that was on purpose. Of course it was. Yeah. You knew that was him being funny. Yes, it was. Yeah. And he even won the world title or the heavyweight, whatever the hell one it is with the short tights. Then he did the Jericho show. Don't get me started. But the whole time, this is like that heel dill hole version. Yeah. Then he comes back in 11, I think it is, with the light up jacket. This is, or this 12. is the one that didn't talk, right? Yeah, this one was whatever. Yeah. Then he, then he started saying, come on, baby, all the time. <laughs> and really, I start to lose patience in the WWF around 12 or 13 with him. Right. Yeah. Because he's just like, I'm a dill hole still well, from 10 this, years ago. I have to say this, too. It is becomes stupid. The problem is that he went on this long period of like Mr. Intercontinental Champion for like 100 years. Yeah. Like, even when he would like come and go but he would always come back and he would always win the intercontinental title for the 15th time like and they'd just be like and jr be like a million time intercontinental a <laughs> hundred thousand times that he's won now what do you think about the most recent wwf run from like 17 18 where he was with kevin owens and they had the list and i guess he was cool because he wore a long scarf so this that's is, reinventing yourself right, by the so way this is the beginning of the modern japan character yeah but is this it is that the, great it's not. It's the WF version isn't no, as good. No, 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 no. But here's the thing is if I recall, there was a weird period of time where he was in Japan, but he was also in WF. This is correct around like, seventeen and eighteen. Yeah, right. Where, it was. Where he he was this different like the list and all this shit and yeah. he had a dumb hat on and like Kevin yeah. Owens friend right but then he go to Japan and he was kind of awesome because he had this weird like I'm a clown like and it was like kind of bizarre and interesting <sighs> and he feuded with Kenny Omega obviously right. and, all and it that was stuff, actually yes. like pretty fun right okay. that was the stuff I liked yeah so he had, he he had this weird time where he had literally two characters at once like almost like how we joke on this show he had two cannons at the same like parallel cannons going on I I think that was interesting yeah i think it's because vince i guess and wwe saw enough value in him to let him be over in japan which says something to him you know to let him do both however even if you want to get an AEW, which i don't really much but look here's the deal with chris jericho okay i think he's great i don't see a lot of people act like he's some revolutionary or something and maybe i'm just missing it he's talented is what he is here's the thing he's very talented but that's it. I don't know. He's not, to me, he's not like, oh, what a genius because he wore a scarf. I mean, right. cool, but so, this whatever. Is what, this is what I want to say about him. You know what is I that, mean. Yeah, I know what you mean, and I'm going to, I'm defending what you're saying here. I think the only time he was ever a genius and a revolutionary was in WCW. In 98? That was the only time for what he was doing, nobody was doing. Everything after, including now, is just like building off something or like it's off the wall and weird, but it doesn't hit the same way. Right. Like everything that the best of Chris Jericho was all in WC, like all of it. You really think so? Huh? Yes. Everything's just built off. Like, remember that in WCW, like every True. single thing he does. Now, part of that might be because we just love the retro wrestling and maybe we don't care as much about what he does. now. Even so, back in 2000, but, I was like, he was better in WCW. Yeah, that's like, true. Me too. Yeah. Now, I do think that there's something to be said for him being an all-time uh, name in the business because he's certainly proven to still have people care about him. As of right. 2020, over in AEW, he's a big, he is a big part of why AEW is doing as well as it is. Whatever you think of what that is, 
he's still a reason of why they're as big as they are. I think part of it, too, is because as an older wrestler, he can still make a match work. Absolutely. Even with his limited mobility and his age. Because he does the thing like that an old pitcher does. He, like, finesses a good match. Like, he's not a good wrestler anymore because he just physically can't do it. So he's like latter-era Mike Mussina or or something. Or, like, Sabathia near the end. Like, it's like, it's like, Jericho's got that finesse as a wrestler where he can figure out how to get heat and stuff and also, like, you know, stall and things because he can't do backflips like he used to and he can't do all this crazy shit. You know, his legs are probably fucked up and, and like any other things that are with wrestlers. Sure. Right? Like he just can't. That's why he gets the respect is because he's figured out how to finesse his way into having a decent match. At whatever age still he's talk. at. Yeah, yeah. 48 yeah. or 9 or whatever he is. So uh, more power to him. And I totally think he's a talented individual. I just don't know that I've ever, you know, ascribed genius to him. It's very funny. Very entertaining. Can be very serious. Very good at talking. Good businessman. Good business. Smart. Yeah. I'll give him all of that and then some, but that's Chris Jericho. We have another guy to talk about, though. Let's find out if you're ready, Quinn. Yep, let's do it. Let's see who drew number eight. That's the wine and diner with kings and queens. That's the man that rolls in the mud with the brothers. That's the same guy. Okay, it's Dusty Rhodes. Oh, this boy, is, this the is common great. man. A this is great. Dream. He's got so many phases of his talking. Let's do it, baby. There's no way to go through every single thing that Dusty Rhodes ever did. So, man, I love Dusty Rhodes. Quinn, I know you do too. We're gonna. He's have to- very good. Um, and you know what I love about him? He's not in your face. Very good. He's just like he's always lingering, and there's always like all of a sudden there's just a good Dusty Rhodes something on the microphone randomly, right. and you're not thinking about it. It sneaks up on you. They don't need to look. At my face, my clothes, to know who I am. This guy wrestled for a long-ass time, right? And he started as a Texas outlaw, Dick mm-hmm. Murdoch, that type of thing, late 60s. That's when he was making a name for himself, mm-hmm. right? And he made one, right? Yeah. And turned face in the early 70s, I think 74 or so. Uh, I think a lot of his inspiration he had it was from like preachers, right. and just like Billy Graham, and from Rufus R. Jones, I believe. And I think even Billy Graham, to an extent, was an influence on Dusty, right? I think he has said that in yes. terms of his talking. Yes, he has. He has, right? Mm-hmm. But no one talked like Dusty, even though he kind of sounds like Billy Graham. So he's got this lisp. I, yeah. think, that's, I think that's like when you're talking about his talking, that's where you first Part of it. start. He made it work. It was very distinct. I mean, how many people, how would you do a Dusty Rhodes impression? You know right. what I mean? Like yeah. anyone, anyone does Dusty. And not only that, though, the way he talked, I can't describe it he's There's, so unique it's it, it, so unique. it's kind of like how macho man he's he falls in that realm of like yes. the way he talks is unique he's, so, he's distinctive right. right it's so distinctive so memorable and whether it's the 70s and he's kind of making a name for himself or when it's the rick flair yeah. feuds of the early and mid 80s uh, ian anderson or ian anderson or whoever he i mean he feuded with a ton of people right in a, a lot of different places florida crockett whatever and tell him did you come out here and you talk about Baby died, Paul driving that boy, putting that boy out of wrestling, talking about boy this and boy that. Well, David, you know my youngest, Till Margaret, is two and a half years old, and I tell her a story about the cold-blooded sausage maker. 
the Hard Times promo everyone knows right, you know, from hard, 85. Yes. So I, I think that's a, a good example to start because that's like yeah. mid 80s, Let's, right? That's yeah. like, that's where people always are like, that That was the best promo of his life, right? The Hard Times. It which may very well just be. like a random, the funniest part <laughs> yeah. about it, it's like literally on like a random episode <laughs> yeah. of Championship uh, WCW Wrestling. Yeah, or it wasn't supposed to like be like, now I'm going to cut my best promo ever. Yeah. Right. It was just like he was in the midst of the Flair feud yeah. and he, he cuts this wonderfully like elegant promo about it's tough in america right now things are changing people mm-hmm. I, a lot of it was alluding to like the change to computers and how the working man couldn't yeah. get like a good like a decent job anymore and he's like i'm with you like tough times hard times for the working man blah blah blah. and he kind of related it back to his rick flair feud which is brilliant right and it just and i remember he's like in this gray suit he's uh-huh. not like looking flamboyant or anything no. he's just he's just kind of there and he's kind of just telling you and he's sweating and he looks he's looking into your eyes he's looking like through the camera into you through the television set you want to get behind him right it's goosebumps that yeah promo. it really yeah. is and a lot of what he embodied was because if you uh if you follow part of that feud with flair i mean flair was the antithesis of what dusty's talking about right he was the excess and the decadence of of the 80s right, right. Rick yeah flair. that's what he represented and dusty much better than anyone has ever been able to do in my opinion yeah embodied that common i'm a man of the people right i mean there's the clip in our rankings where he's like my body isn't (laughs) great i'm not like the athlete of the day that's from that promo it's like but fuck it man like you know like i can still take you the world's heavyweight title belongs to these people i'm gonna reach out right now i want you at home to know my hand is touching your hand for this gathering of the biggest body of people in this country in this universe all over the world now reach it out because the love that was given me and this time i will repay you now because i will be the next world's heavyweight champion on this hard time blues there's just something about that and that's not just that promo just the way he talked he had a way of if he wanted to be being silly right and entertaining and this is in the nwa also not just wwf just being funny with the baby doll all the weird stuff he would do yeah he he his character would just move all over the place but when it came time to be serious or pissed off or to display anger or anything, Dusty did it probably better than anyone on this list, honestly. Yeah. Honestly. He can convey emo- emotion better than anybody Every, I've anyone. ever seen. And, and he can, the fact that he's that five tool player that can go in all the emotions, it's not just like one mode. Right. Now, I know that the WWF is a, a short run of his career. We've talked about it a lot lately on our pay per view review, so we don't need to spend a ton of time here. But even in the WWF, Quinn, there's two phases, and he nails them both. There's, hi, I'm here, you know, yeah. when he first comes in, right. and I'm like the honky-tonk man, I'm going to take Big Boss Man's hat, and yeah. all that, like, weird stuff, right? Right. And he's just so jovial, and the fans are like, yeah! He's, like, secretly, if you go back to all the shows, he's secretly, like, one of the most over people on the roster, because it's yeah, just, he, loves him. he's so relatable, he's so fun, they don't care that he, people retroactively, like, why is he not WF champ? Nobody gives a shit about that, like, back then. They're just like, it's fucking Dusty Rose, he's great, you know? Yeah, and the answer to that is because Hulk Hogan was a WWF champion. What do you, right. like, <laughs> what do you and want? And Dusty Rose wasn't going to fight Hulk Hogan. No, they weren't going to do that. And Dusty was, like, 45. Right. And just needed, like, a break. And uh, in the WWF, it was, like, a, a night off for him. I mean, everyone mm-hmm. loved working with him, that I, from what I understand, he was very over and very fun. The Sapphire, 
if you look at WrestleMania 6, it's probably like the crowning achievement of that version of WWF Dusty, okay? I'm not yeah. saying his career. Don't get all mad at me, folks. That's like the peak of WWF Dusty is WrestleMania 6. Yeah. It's I mean, perfect. To me, that was the big payday for Dusty Rhodes. Is yeah. like, you know, obviously he was getting big paydays in Crockett. I mean, he was wearing feather boas and, yes. and suits and shit and all this. But the, <laughs> yeah. the, the, the point is, is that that was his big mainstream, super mainstream uh-huh. moment to, to, you know, be on the little cart and come out and dance in front of you know, 60,000 people, yes. blah, blah, blah. It's the WWF cartoon Disney version of the Flair feud. Whereas right. in, in WWF, I mean, WCW, it's very uh, gritty in real life. You got Flair, the ladies' man, the decadence, the Wall Street, yeah, so to speak. Yeah, it means something. Here, right. it's Here, like, it's just, it's stereotypes. It's like king and a queen that are delusional. It's over-the-top <laughs> yeah. version of Ric Flair, that's right? That's all it's it like, is. It's like, here's a guy that's like, I'm royalty. Yeah. Like, you know, and Dusty's like, I'm still the common man, yeah. daddy. It's just stereotypes. It's caricatures, but it's very entertaining. And then phase two of Dusty, it's very short in the WWF, is after Sapphire leaves him and he's fucking serious and pissed. It's all sad. And he's got Dustin and Ted DiBiase attacks Dustin now. Right, and yeah. He's very upset and then he leaves. Right. <laughs> so then, when, then he doesn't wrestle full time ever again. Right. So, I mean, Again, it seems like whatever was going on with that run, it was only supposed to be like a year and a half or whatever. Yeah, whatever. It wasn't supposed to be very long in the first place. So this is where he goes to like more the commentator mode. Yeah, which we can't really hold for him here. And we're talking about wrestlers. Right. We've done announcers. But yes, he becomes a commentator. I just want to mention how his range is shown here. Oh, he's a a fantastically great commentator. Uh, He's like, I just have a moment to just say he's one of my favorite commentators. Oh, he's awesome. Like, it's one of those that has, over the years, it's why I love to watch every single episode of WCW Prime. Oh, like, yeah, because he's, he's on all of them. He's on all of them, <laughs> and, like, he is just the best. He's just so into it, and, and hokey, and silly, and fun. And- yeah, he made, he he does Todd Pettengill better than Todd Pettengill. Oh, hell yeah. Like, which is, I know that sounds weird, like, but the goofy, like, 90s four kids host. Yeah, but he's great at it. Dusty is better than him hyping up the, the renegade and bunkhouse buck it's the same thing though if you think yeah. about it it's like literally he's doing what wf's doing on the other channel with the goofy host i know doc Hendricks and all this shit. Ugh. oh i'd take him any day over doc yeah. imagine dusty in wwf in like 1995. 1995. He'd be he amazing. He would have. We're gonna have Hakusha. We know? got. We got IS here. <laughs> IS here. Uh, King Mabel's here, yeah. and we got Thermo. With Thermo, the with the big data cool data. You would care. <laughs> yeah. Like you know what I mean? Like because Dustin, we got the. It's gonna be the greatest program here on Mania this week, <laughs> Daddy. <laughs> we got the Henry guy with the hog farm. <laughs> the hog farm with the pigs. You know, like it'd just be funny. I wouldn't let him in my house without, <laughs> without his shoes off. And we got of course the million dollar man. With the cooperation, we got Kama and Tatanga going to be teaming up here against the Bushwhackers. That would be amazing. You know, like, like stuff he, like that. Like he, that, and this is, I guess, what we just did exemplifies, like, you could just place him anywhere. Yes, you right? can put him anywhere, and that's because of his talent as a talker. Right, exactly. Plain and simple, right? Uh, so that's the, uh, look, anything he's ever done has been good for the most part, Even as far as training talking. NXT people he's to great. talk. He's great. He's amazing. We can't do a whole retrospective on his career. It's too long. Suffice to say, okay? One of the all-time greats, and when it comes time to rank him, right. it's going to be very interesting because Dusty, like I said, I know he was influenced by people. Well, so was Ric Flair. Everyone was so influenced was Hulk Hogan, by yeah. The Rock. So everyone, was The Rock. Yeah, everyone right. on this list was right. influenced, but maybe not Roddy Piper because he's just weird as hell. But. Yeah, I don't know what he is. <laughs> yeah, but Dusty Rhodes uh, took whatever his influences were and crafted a masterful persona that is both likable lovable relatable 
enjoyable, inspiring. Every single entertainment emotion yep. thing you can think of, he can get it done. You feel pathos. I mean, there's just yeah. all sorts of things going on. So big, big appreciation for Dusty Rhodes. Quinn, if you want to rank, I can rank. Let's rank. All right. Now we got him. I'm going to run him down real quick, folks, just to remember where we stand here. Flair, Hogan, Savage, Austin, Piper, The Rock. I think Jericho Quinn, it makes sense to just start him against The Rock, right? They're like the same yeah. thing for a while. Is Jericho better? I mm, That's a tough one. I, I, I really like Chris Jericho. And see, you know what? Here's the thing is where I could edge him on The Rock is the longevity. It's like the, the, the adaptation of his character. It's the yep. one thing yep. he has over The Rock is The Rock just is like, I'm The Rock and this is always what I am and that's it. Jericho is like a million different things. He's a crybaby. He's an arrogant serious heel. Business he's a asshole. serious business butthole. Yep. Like, you know, he's he's all these different things and yep. he's all he's good at all of them. He's got that dusty quality where, like we just said, where yeah. it's just like he he can you can adapt him and he can he's he's a five tool. He's a five tool. I think he is Quinn. I think it's hard to articulate it, but I'm gonna try. I think The Rock is a more interesting talker, meaning I'd rather listen to him, but right. Jericho is more varied. Yeah, he's more, know, got more range. More range. I think The Rock's Better in the sense I'd rather listen to a rock promo, but I think Jericho's got more emotional investment. Right. I think Jericho is a more versatile talker. Yeah. I think he's, I don't think he's that interesting, to be honest with you, but I still think he's very good. But it's, it's, the point is, is as a talker specifically, he can, he can, just being able to adapt himself and being proven to be able to do it is... That, that elevates you. Yeah. It just does. It just does. I don't think he's an all-timer uh, in, in the sense of like that he's going to climb much higher. No. Because here's the thing is I can't say Chris Jericho as much as I love him, especially the WCW character. Yeah. He's not as like revolutionary as Roddy Piper, for example, who's next on the list. Roddy <laughs> Piper is like, it's his, he's just like completely this own invented character. Yeah. There's and, nothing like him. And Whereas, yeah, and whereas uh, Chris Jericho is first and foremost, in my opinion, a wrestler first that happens to be very good at talking. Right. Because Jericho was a phenomenal wrestler for a lot of his career. He really, an in-ring performer, yeah. tremendous. Right. Piper's Piper was a, not. Piper's a talker that actually just happened to be a good <laughs> yeah, wrestler, right. but he would only, like, only when he felt yep. like it. Like, remember how we said, like, oh, Piper <laughs> held his best wrestling until, like, the very end. Yeah, until like, 92. Like, he decided, you know what, I'm going to get in there and have, like, a fucking five-star match right now. Well, like, you know, yeah. like, you yeah, know what it's I mean? real. Like, it's, like, it's like, wait a sec, you could have done this the whole time. He's like, yeah. Yeah, but I don't need to. I don't need to. Exactly. And that's, a, that's the difference, I think, there. Uh, whereas, if you take away Piper's talking, yeah. <laughs> yeah. you take away Jericho's talking, he's still a tremendous wrestler. Uh, and the reason I'm saying that is because for Piper to be the number one opponent for Hulk Hogan for like a calendar year, essentially, right. for Piper to get as big as he did, not based on what he did in the ring, but what he did surrounding the ring, that's where I got to give the nod to Roddy Piper. Is he a flatter character, though, than Jericho? Or are we? is Piper has some emotional range? Yeah, he does. He does, uh, he's, right? Yeah, he might be a little flatter, but like, it's not tremendous you know what it is it's just overall to me it's it's simply just he just shot out like a cannon was like what the fuck is this guy he's so weird you know true now that's what really stands out to me and with jericho jericho just feels like the next generation of this great talker very talented yeah does anything about jericho's overall talking jump out at you for me it doesn't not that i don't recognize him being great in 98 and stuff but to me he's just good 
I just he, like he's a consistent level of good. I don't Jericho know how to describe it. Is a great ad libber. Yes, he is. Um, but Piper is a better one. Piper's more unpredictable. I mean, I that whole thing with the cruiserweights with Jericho is funny, and we love it and stuff. A lot of that you can tell is just really off the fly. Like, and that's that's to me is like when you can really see how talented he was on the fly. Yeah, like not off of it. Like everything he said there was just like Bobby the Brain Heenan levels of just like making shit up as you go, and it's actually entertaining. Yeah, he's got a quick mind, right? He's right, quick witted. Yeah. But Piper, <sighs> see, on one hand we got this, right? On one hand we got Jericho still doing it now. Mm-hmm. So is he just a compiler? He's been around forever. So does that make him better in people's eyes? He's a compiler. He's not a good president. He's just been there forever. James Buchanan. If you put him in the White House for three terms, he he does some pretty good stats too. Maybe, a compiler. I mean, does, I'm sure it does elevate him. Yeah. Yeah. But it doesn't make him good just because he's been around a long time. It just means that he's still doing it. It just, it, just, it just means that he ultimately, there's a chance that he could, like, cut the best promo to ever happen still. Like, unlike could. everyone else on this list. <laughs> like, you know, yeah, I mean, he true. still could. Like, he you, still could. There could be a clip that pops up on YouTube on AEW and everyone's like, you gotta watch this and it's the greatest promo to ever be to ever happen be just by virtue of him still being around. True. <laughs> and I gotta give him credit. His whole recent persona of like the whole demographics and the Twitter mm-hmm. and ratings and stuff, it's brilliant. I'll give Chris Jarko that. To, yeah. to actually horn in on that so much that people think that he really gives a shit and it's not the character. He's it's amazing how people the, still get worked by him. He's on the pulse. Uh, like he, <laughs> he is. Unlike everyone else on this list, Jericho had to deal with the internet becoming a thing while he was like becoming a great wrestler. More, yeah, and more so than Austin or Rock. And yeah, sure. You can tell that he knows that he actually peruses wrestling Twitter and like oh, yeah. understands oh, yeah. how it works and he's worked that into a wrestling character. So does he get does he go above Piper then? Because that is kind of revolutionary and that is a big deal. People yeah, still but- get worked by Chris Jericho in 2020. He's on there talking about ratings and they think he's serious. It's it's a character. Yeah, but Piper Quinn, you, I'm saying Piper is if you're trying to say who's more revolutionary. Yeah. Piper was dealing with the fucking 70s nothing. True. And like it was like it he was, was always Piper, as, as Dusty would say. They came through the door in the shining light, you know. Like it's like literally like it was just like boom. Like yeah. he came out and it was just like everything was different. You're right. I mean, the only it's, it's not like we're only dealing with uh, character here. We're dealing with talking. We're not just dealing with ingenuity. And yeah, you think overall that Piper belongs above Chris Jericho? Is that what you think? I think. Yeah. Okay. I think it, it was just such a big fuck deal. Like big he, fuck deal when he beat up. Snooka and with the with the coconut and and the Hogan feud and the Hogan feud and the Adonis feud and then he was like on movies and shit he like parlayed that really early for that very early eighty seventy left to make movies yeah almost before Hogan I think before well, Hogan technically yes because just Hogan happened to have a cameo in Rocky right, three right, but yeah, that's not that, his that acting was, career that wasn't part of it yeah that no. was literally a cameo <laughs> yeah that's all it was like Piper was like no I'm gonna actually go be an actor right. and he made legitimate movies that. Are like Some are they, cult classics. To they this live day. is still it considered is. a cult classic, and it's basically a vehicle for Roddy Piper. <laughs> I mean, that's what it is. It is. He even parlayed it into a fucking tag team, literally a tag team pilot with Jesse Ventura. He had the whole thing with um, Bobby the Brain, sure, which was fun. Okay, yeah. I'll keep Piper above Jericho. Okay, I, yeah. I think Jericho is very good, though. I think we highlighted some good points. He never had to carry the WWF 
which is a good thing. P- Jericho, I mean. Right. Piper had to be the top, the top heel, heel for a year in, in the hottest period ever yeah. for them. Jericho was almost always the top guy in the WWF for a couple of years, but he never really was. Well, the problem always was is when you have Triple H just hogging it all up. Like, oh, I'm the best. Uh, right. And then Chris Jericho <laughs> sucks. Uh, yeah, like, Lucia. Yeah. <laughs> I'll keep him at six. I'm, I can't believe I'm putting him above The Rock, but I think it's right. I think it's right. I think I, he had more time to flesh himself out, and he had yeah. more variants, but I think Piper gets the edge on innovation, and now we go to Dusty. <laughs> I mean... He's better than The Rock. Better than The Rock, better than Jericho, better than Piper. Better than Austin. Yeah. I'd there's, say no, there's no conversation there. Yeah, yeah better than Austin. It, 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 here's it, the thing is... is, is you have to just shove Dusty immediately in the classical era with the flares, Hogan's, and Savages, right? Yep. It's, it's like, it's just, he yep. just, that's what he is. He's better than everyone that we've mentioned so far, and now we got to start with Savage, so. Savage. Hmm. So. They're her, very different. They're very different. Um, Savage actually, you know, we, we don't think about it a lot, but he does actually have emotional range. In oh, the, incredible. In the, in the department with the whole lit. The fact that. That's what like, got him as high as it did. The fact that, like. People, he had built up that Savage Liz like feud, like yeah. between the two of them as they're broken up. The fact that like when they got back together, just the act of them like hugging had like people crying in yeah. the audience is rain like that, that. That yeah, rain hat. Their like, shoes are too tight. It's a testament to like how well he built up this insane man that was so mad that he lost his girl like for two that, years. For two years that like literally people were like. This is the greatest shit ever, and he lost. I know he lost the match. I know. Yeah, uh, he's an all timer when when it comes to emotion. When it comes to f- com, he's got all of it. Right, got all of it. Right, but, but he's very unorthodox uh, and not relatable the way a Dusty Rhodes is relatable. Right. And that's one of the missing elements: is Hogan and Savage mm-hmm. are not relatable. Yes, Dusty and- Rhodes is everything that Hogan and Savage are in terms of charisma. Mm-hmm. emotional response all of those things getting you invested but he's also relatable and these hogan and savage are not right dusty Rhodes is down to earth he tells you straight up i'm the son of a plumber yep i am a fat guy like he had openly yes. admits it. i'm a fat guy i'm not in shape but damn it i really love wrestling and i want to be the world champion yep you know and he makes it work like yep. he 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 seemingly seems like a goof for all intents and purposes, For, he should be. Look at him. Right. Like, you know what I mean? The stupid haircut. Why is why is he not training and like... Right, what is like, that splotch? Yeah, what is that... Why is he never, like, get rid of all that fat? Why like, does he have a lisp? But you know what? Damn it, it's like I want to see him win because he's like me. He's you know? fighting for guys like me. Right, yeah. Hogan is a cartoon character, right? Right. He is larger than life. Right. He lives in a comic book right. and um, his own universe. And he's tremendous. He's hanging and banging. Yes. He's got weird friends. Savage <laughs> is from another life, like yeah. an alternate universe. You know right. what I mean? If Hogan's bigger than life, Savage is in a different life. He's kind of like he's the, a maniac. He's kind of like the weird mirror image of, of Hulk Hogan, like the evil version. In a way, yeah. right? Both Hogan and Savage are tremendously uh, charismatic talkers. Right. Lovable talkers. Uh, Savage never really had too much of a bad period, although, like, I don't like his um, WCW stuff with Hogan in, like, 95 is whatever. <laughs> and I don't like the macho girl trio thing where he's, yeah. like, got the nipple shirt or whatever. I always thought that was okay. a fun reinvention, though, because it was exciting for a period of time. I know. Because it was like, whoa, Matt, Randy Savage is going to wrestle with the modern-day wrestlers? Like, this is interesting. Yeah. 
However, Hogan had a large fall off after 1992 mm-hmm. and, and didn't recover until he turned heel in 96. He went in like many years of a dark period yeah. where it was just, just so stupid. So he coasted into number two based on his 80s work, which right. was phenomenal. And his NWO. And his NWO heel work. But man, 92, 93, 94. It's rough. Bad. Yeah. Now, Dusty. Never bad. Never bad that I can think of. Even the stuff that's perceived as bad, like WF Polka Dots Edition. He's a good talker. He makes it work. Ultimate Warrior Thuck Up. Yeah. No, but like all of it's good. We just saw SummerSlam 90, that promo he cuts after Sapphire. Yeah, what was that? Like, it's no, amazing. Nobody even talks about that. It's a fantastic, serious, like, NWA-style promo. He never lost it. And even, no. when he, even when he was a commentator and he wasn't serious anymore, it was like he was so entertaining, Joe. He was like, always good. He's so... I just love that they gave him his own show, basically. Essentially, prime. prime yeah. yeah. I don't feel bad about putting Dusty Rhodes above Hogan and Savage. I, I don't either. I, I really think it's right. I think Ric Flair is his only real competition. Uh, yeah. No, I totally agree, Quinn. This, this, so. is, this is a pull-at-the-heartstrings situation. This is a... I don't feel like any decision I make will be correct with Ric Flair versus Dusty Rhodes. It's literally the only person thus far, I don't know who's left, mm-hmm. that could dethrone Flair from number one. The right. only person the, on the list right now. I don't now. think it's, I think it's the only person that's going, to, like, there's two other spots left. I don't think an, that's what anybody I mean. can touch these two. I don't think so either. One of these guys is going to walk out number one right. of this season. This is I think. probably the most important decision we make right now in this whole list. <laughs> I'm not even joking. No pressure or anything yeah. here. Whereas Ric Flair, uh, where do we even begin here is the thing, Quinn. Where do we okay, begin? Okay, so they're two, they're the opposite versions, how Savage and Hogan are the opposite versions of each other. In a sense, yes. Ric Flair represents the Space Mountains and the and the Dean Monies and the Jet girls Flying. and all, yeah. Dusty represents the opposite of that, the common man. Americana. The, like, just trying to make ends meet and, right. and you know... I, I'm not good looking and blah, blah, blah. Right. Um, I was never the most popular. I was never the this or that. Right. right? I'm never homecoming king. Right. And so now it just becomes about the characters, becomes about emotion, the kind of embellishments, the, the, the extras on top of the character. You got to know both of them weekly on WCW television. Right. Right. Both of them. Both of them were also talking about their day to day lives in their prime. Right. They're both fleshed out 3D real characters. Yeah. More so than a Hogan. Yeah. More so than Savage. But Savage is a real character. You too, could but more turn, so than a Hulk Hogan. You could turn off World Championship Wrestling at, at you know, when it was over at 805. And you knew that Dusty and what Rick, Dusty and Ric Flair were doing that night. Right. You knew, oh, they're at the hotel and they're, you know, yeah, they're, yeah. they're doing this and that. And, oh, better watch out. Somebody doesn't get beat up in the parking lot or something. Right. You know? But we'll find out about it next week. They both have a high chance of cutting a very good promo at, at random. Meaning, if yeah. you turn on a flare or a dusty promo, there's a very high chance it's going to just be good. Literally, the the World Championship Wrestling show was built on Dusty and Ric Flair promos with some bullshit matches around them. Essentially, you know, right, right. They're both very engaging talkers. Mm-hmm. Both. I can't deny that. You know that I'm not the biggest Ric Flair fan, but I'm not going to be unfair. I'm obviously right. going to be fair. They're both very engaging. Right. Right. Whether whether Flair's being a heel or a face, Dusty's almost always a face. Right. right? Except in the I, 70s. I will say this. Um, the one... 
they're both very funny to me. They both oh, humor yeah. wise. No, Flair can be very fun. Eighties Flair. I actually personally find Ric Flair's brand of humor a little more funny than Dust. Just a little bit. Yeah, more. I guess. Well, I don't know. Eighties Flair. Yeah, because yeah, not cause old 80... man, no pants. Flair. Don't <laughs> ever bring that up again. Okay. But the the, the humorous like that stuck. The, the, stunk. It was great. Um, but the because to me that's in the that's in the vein of Dusty on Prime and stuff. Go like on. it's the same kind of thing. Go but, on. But like Ric Flair, his um his insult humor is very good it is and it's not his only shtick like the rock or some of right, jericho's yeah. career or piper yeah right yeah it's it's not something he always wields yeah but when he does it's very funny when he does he has this look this grin on his yeah. face like he knows he's gonna get you like he might make you laugh something with like ricky it, with, morton and mcdonald's or something yeah, like, like yeah, ricky, ricky morton and the training bra and all that <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's like it's yeah all that shit like, but, but that's not that's not that's like one instance. There's a right. lot of it. But what's great is that's just one weapon in his repertoire. Right. He's not all about insult humor. He's not all about I'm going to make fun of you. Yeah. He's going to take off his sunglasses. He's going to put his fists up. And he's going to beat the shit out of you. He too. puts over the company he's in every time. He puts over every single wrestler. He's every fighting. wrestler. Same with Dusty though. Same with Dusty. Puts over the belt that yep. he's contending for that he has. Right. Puts over the horseman. Mm-hmm. Puts over a lot of different aspects. Yeah, Dusty, same thing. Dusty, ne- you never walked away from a promo from either guy and thought, wow, that opponent's a piece of shit. No. You know what I mean? Like, they both had the unique ability to make the match feel important. And then when they were feuding with each other, I mean, my God. Right. When they were feuding with each other, it's one thing. What I think is a strength of Dusty here uh, versus Flair is that Dusty tended to, especially when Ric Flair was around, because Ric Flair kind of was, I guess the company had made a decision that, you know, Ric Flair should have the belt most of the time, yeah, not Dusty. Because they were heel-based, where the face would chase, yes. And and maybe also part of that was also because Dusty was running the company and he felt like, I don't want to be... I, I, that maybe, might, there I might have know. been a little bit. Either way, I don't whatever, know right? Like, I don't want to be perceived as just putting the belt on me all the right. time. Um, but either way, is Dusty shined when he had a lot of feuds with up-and-coming mid-carters, like we said, Iron Anderson and yeah, things sure. like that. Yeah. And, and that's where I think that's the strength of Dusty, is that he worked on the mid card end while he wasn't feuding with flair i guess and, and yeah. it, 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 sh- it he would purely based on his talking get these people over flair did a similar thing though with uh some of the people he would feud with right occasionally I mean, he, yeah no occasionally he would feud with mid carders but yeah. Rick Flair was mostly feuding with whoever the big face they were bringing yeah, in to fight him was whether it's sting or yeah. whoever it was yeah. yeah ricky steamboat whatever sure yeah luger yeah um man this is gonna be tough See, since Flair is the incumbent at number one, mm-hmm. really the only way this changes is if we can find a reason why Dusty should be number one. I, yeah, you're right. And that, that, that's that, the that, only thing. That to me is the problem is that they're they're so similar and I can't personally say there's something Dusty does better than Flair, but that Flair does better than Dusty either. I think Dusty is more relatable than yeah. Ric Flair to, to most people. Right. But, I mean, also you'd have to think, well, it would break Ric Flair's character if you were going to even try to relate to him. Yeah, but when they did do that, it wasn't as good. Like, right. anytime he's a face, it's not good. Yeah. Ashley, well, you okay? It's when he's almost, fighting Vader it, it's and all that. It's almost like in, in, in any kind of media where they try to make you feel bad for the rich guy's family or yeah. something. And you're just like, they got like a million dollars. Like, why would I, I know, you know I what know. I mean? Like, Because he's going to fight Vader. Yeah, like, but it's it's that kind of approach. But, I mean, it's the same... If anytime Dusty was out of place, which was very rare, but like very. it didn't, I don't know. Like at, at the beginning with the whole boss man thing, I don't 
<laughs> that was just a way to get him yeah. in the door. Yeah, I, I know. It it's just a little confusing. But there's, it's not It's not to say that both didn't have moments where, because it's a long career, right? Where, like, they didn't fit, like, Dusty in the NWL. Why? Right. Like, things like that. It's like, we're Remember that? just a mismatch. That was char- dumb. Yeah, you yeah, know, I forgot it. That was one bad thing. It's a mismatch to the character. It doesn't True. make any sense. That's all I'm saying. So they both had that, too. True. Yeah, okay. I, I forgot about that. Yeah. So it, oh, that's why man. I'm saying it's like there's really... I think Flair really declined after like 1996 or 7. I personally think pe- that's mis- a misperc- misconception. No, I think it's bad. I think it's like, like it's poor. Like I, it's objectively rambly and senile and stupid. After the one time where he took his pants off and it was good, <laughs> so after that, it's not really good. It's right. objectively, it's not good. That's all I'm trying to say. It might be entertaining in passing. I agree. It's not good talking. But, that, but Dusty being a big goof on Prime might not be everyone's cup of tea doesn't either. doesn't have anything to do with announcing. This is about wrestlers. We did announcers. Right. I know you keep bringing up Prime, but I'm not counting that in his favor or against him. That's fine. Dusty fine. as an announcer is different than wrestler. Wrestler. Fine. Just like managers don't count, right? Right. It's true. And I don't know. I just feel like Dusty was better. Really? Overall, I think Dusty Rhodes is a better talker than I think Ric this Flair. Is, yes. To me, I think this is the closest you get to a tie. I really do. This is the this is like of any ranking we've ever done. Like this is this is where it would happen. We can't do a tie. I know we, we can't. have to put we, someone ahead. Normally, I would always say we go with the incumbent. Yeah. You know, and unless there's a reason to put someone above, I don't think there's a reason. Uh, to I put know Dusty that's above the problem. Flair. Like that's I, the problem. I don't necessarily think there's a reason. I know. I'm trying to think of one because I want Dusty to be number one, but I don't know if I can think of one. Truthfully, I don't I, know I if can't. there is one. Yeah. Is there I, any reason or is there's it just... No, there's no reason. There, it, <sighs> to me, it's just, honestly, if if it's like in any given Sunday kind of situation, yeah. And but you want to go with the incumbent thing, then Flair makes sense. But with the caveat of like, you know that if Dusty drew first... Dusty then he would, would be, be number one, right? It would it just it doesn't matter. It's just luck of the draw at this point. It's just literally like a coin toss is right, either way, right? That's all it is. I, I, it's, it's do you like the face version of Ric Flair or do yeah. you like the heel? Like you know, not even heel. Ver- I do like the face versus the heel. Basically, that's all it is. Uh, you're right, Quinn. I mean, look, I personally, I personally think that Dusty Rhodes is better. I like him more, but that doesn't mean that he should be number one. It just means just because you him like, more. yeah, I know, just because you I know. like him more, right? Yeah. Right. Maybe we should just leave it as is. Maybe it's just Ric Flair Dusty. <laughs> I don't want him to. Yeah, I think we might have to. Dusty, I think, is a more emotional character than Ric Flair. I know, yeah, he retired and Shawn Michaels cried, but other than that, so good. Other than that, we always make fun of Ric Flair for like Ashley and yeah, all this stuff. But I think we would make hokey. I think during during the time when Dusty was getting older, I mean, we look at the WF run, right? It's it great. It's great to us looking back and stuff. But I, what I'm trying to get at is you hear so many people were so disappointed in Dusty for that for reasons, right? My point is, is that as any wrestler ages on and he still goes, mm-hmm. you know, near the twilight of their career, yeah. people are disappointed. So the, I, you can say the same about Ric Flair. Ric Flair was trying new things and people were disappointed. Rick, Dusty was trying different things and WF people were disappointed that they didn't want that, you know? Yes, but when you look at what Dusty did in WWF, it's of a higher, I think, quality and yeah. more true to his character and, than and, Flair pantsless elbow right. dropping well, his the, coat. The argument I was trying to make a lot with this whole talkers thing, and this is this is real. This isn't me just trying go ahead, to go ahead. Is that I think 
the talent Ric Flair had when he was older is just, it's not, I, I think it's misunderstood or something. Like, I, I'm thoroughly entertained by the older Ric Flair. I really am. I know like, you I'm are. Not, I'm not trying I to know be, you like, are. funny or something. No, I know like, you. you know? Like, I know you and Chris Hatley and, like, one other person think it's good. That's fine. I don't think it's just, like, a small group, though, you know? Like, if it was a large enough group, it would have done something that mattered in the frickin' ratings and the company. Uh, the problem is one man can't carry a three-hour fucking program. Exactly. And talk the whole time, and he's old, and he's not in his prime anymore. Exactly. Like, you know, like, he did his best. He didn't do this much carrying as we think. Like, all he did was do, like, one promo a week. It's right. not like they brought him out there to carry but the show. But they were using him to get people in the door, which was... Which, what did he ever... Can you name something he ever actually talked about? No. And that's no, why what, it's not that good. What do okay? you mean? I, I was just like, going to say that, the, you know, being the president and being all this goofy stuff and always he, <laughs> talking about how, you know, he's... He, the the reason you should respect him is because he's the million-time world champion. And that's like what he talks about a lot. Riveting. Yeah, but I, I'm saying every character. Dusty <laughs> talks about one thing. I'm the common man. I mean, they all they're wrestling Everybody. characters. Let's let's, I know, let's Quinn, be honest. I know. I'm just trying to get away out right, here. They're, for... they're not like they're, they're not like a novel character Listen, or something. Dusty Rhodes is one of the closest people to literature you could find on this entire fucking list. <laughs> Maybe Dusty Rhodes is someone that elicits a, a more guttural yeah, and visceral Rick, emotional response than I think anyone on. Yeah, here. but Ric Flair's like the fucking Great Gatsby he or something. Is, like, he's you know, Gatsby levels. Yeah, no, I give you that. Yeah, he's Gatsby. Okay? He's Gatsby. He's great. But Dusty Rhodes is another one where if if we're talking deep defined characters that really tug at the heartstrings that really get you fired up, I think Dusty has a slight edge on Ric Flair in the emotional department. I really do. I'm, I'm not t- just I, saying that. I'm torn there because like <laughs> I personally thought the retirement was part of it was finest work. But of course someone retiring is going to be emotional. That doesn't require talent. It was just I, real life. My point is is I, I think it's as far as retirement angles go, and there's been a lot of them, it's the most tug at the heartstrings, best one they ever, ever did. I've never seen a retirement angle that well done. He built it for like three months. I like agree. Ric Flair got on the mic and like built it, was, it, it was, up. It was, yeah, it's well done. And the payoff was so good in the final promo and everything. Like, it's at the good. End. I'm, like, not, I'm not disputing that. Yeah. I'm really not. But. Is that even promo work, or is that just real life with a microphone in front of his face? You know what I'm saying? I don't know. Is I there mean, really talent in it that? Was, it was built. It was building the the Rick for the character's demise. Like that was the point of it. It was it was setting it up for months. It was actually like the last big heavy lifting work Rick Flair ever did. Like it really was. Like as far as an emotional angle. Yes. You know. Okay. Yeah, I thought it was an accomplishment. I'm just trying to say, it's like they both have done this kind of thing. That's why I just think it's just, let's just leave it. Like, because it's just incumbent. If if, if Dusty was first, fine, whatever. Like, it's, it's oh, any, man. we could put an asterisk next to both of their names and just say it could flip flop any day. But, no. you know, it, no, you see, we're not taking the numbers away, Joe. We're just saying <laughs> that, like, it literally could be oh, either man. of them. I feel like I'm missing a reason why Dusty should be number one, and the fans are going to have to let me know. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Let's just let's just leave it. I I listen. I would love Dusty number one too. I like him, but I can't. You know how much I like Dusty. I just think he's, the fact that I can't include the prime stuff is no. Uh, we can't. Yeah, we can't. It's I, that I that's immediately elevate him for me. No, but. I know, but that's announcing. Yeah, we can't count that. It's it's not fair. <laughs> um, just like we don't count managing. Right. Right. Maybe that's the maybe that's the ultimate problem with Dusty is that he didn't 
he was older by the time we got into the 90s and you know extracurricular stuff happened i know anytime he came back and wrestled like that in like 94 against a stud stable with yeah. dustin it's always good it's always good any yeah. promo he cut in nxt or yeah. with dustin or in stardust always good yeah all right. No. <laughs> it's just, I think really just you're, you just don't like, you've never liked Ric Flair. So that's really your problem. I think you're, I, I can't, I know, but per, I can't be holding it back that much. I still have Flair at number one. I, I what mean, I'm saying on. is, is that's why you're thinking like, oh, there's got to be a way, but uh, maybe it's just, it's maybe, just because I like maybe Dusty it's just more. Freaking even Stevens. And that's all it is to it. It's just like one A and one B essentially. Yeah, right. That's all it is. Yeah. I think but that's what it is to me. Like it, to me, it's not about, it's that I feel bad taking Flair down when he's not worse than or Dusty. better, but I also feel bad about not putting Dusty at number one. Yeah. But like, whatever, right? It's just, it is so what it is. We'll do what you said initially, where it's basically, this is strictly based on luck of the draw. Right, yeah. And because Flair was there first, he'll stay number one, but Dusty is literally the same as him. Yeah. Just in the number two spot. Right. Pretty much. Right. I can agree to that because Dusty is to me just phenomenal, right? All time great because it really is a coin toss. So yeah. let's use the luck of the draw as our coin toss. That's, that's all what it the, is. That's why it's random drawing, right? Literally. So okay, it took a while, folks, but we got there. So essentially, here at number one is Ric Flair, but Dusty Rhodes at number two is all but you know formality. He's right. essentially also number one, right? Just barely below Flair because of he got there later. It's all who got there first. <laughs> he arrived late to the party, and Flair's already got the seat. Right. That's all it is. You know I'll what I mean? I'll give it to you, Daddy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, three Hulk Hogan, still phenomenal ranking for Hogan as mm-hmm. he should be. Four Randy Savage. Five, Steve Austin, six, Piper, seven, Jericho, and eight, The Rock. Folks, if you agree or disagree with any of this, the most important thing is let us know why and not just call us stupid. Mm-hmm. You can do that on Twitter at OVP Podcast. You can email us or, of course, of course join the group. Uh, but when we come back, Quinn, Nawa, 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 coming up right after this. Dusty Rhodes. Welcome back, Dusty. God, hold this just a minute. You want a little bit go? I got something to say, you know. Let me have this thing. You know, I've been all over the country, and I've been missing... I've been missing 17, because Dusty Rhodes is the scene on 17. Everybody be talking jive when I was gone. They be saying that. They doing that. Do you know what fashionable means? Do you know what fashionable means? Fashionable means that's somebody that starts a trend. Well, I was bad before it was fashionable. I was the American dream before it was fashionable. I was the greatest lover in the world before it was fashionable. And I am the greatest wrestler in the world now because it's fashionable. Now, the world's heavyweight title belongs to the American dream, Dusty Rhodes. You know, they say, they say, you know, Blue Eyes Soul, where did you get it from? You got to be born with it, Jack. You just can't put on a pair of shoes and say you got soul. I'm going to go on record right now telling everybody, from Jimmy Snooker to Tommy Rich, all the way down to Nature Boy Ric Flair. If he wants some of me, anywhere, anytime, all they got to do is call my Aunt Nanny. She stay right here in Atlanta because I'm over there eating some cornbread, getting down with my main squeeze, Jack. And I'll be ready. I'll be ready for Freddy. Be ready for action. Hello, wrestling fans. It's Joe here. And while we're on a break, I just wanted to take a moment to shout out three friends of the show. Check out the New Day podcast. Hosted by three guys that have actually worked in the actual wrestling business. I'm talking about Xavier Woods, Kofi Kingston. 
and Big E. They're going to bring their unique perspective as fans, but also as people that actually work in the industry to a very creative and entertaining podcast. New Day Podcast. And then check out Greetings from Allentown, hosted by one man, Peter Winston. He'll take you on a whimsical journey through retro wrestling's past. It's unique. It's quirky. It's Greetings from Allentown. And finally, if you like your retro wrestling slathered in barbecue sauce, check out Mike Mills and Book in the Territory as they bring you the very best in the Southern Fried Wrestling. We're talking about Smoky Mountain and the NWA. It's Book in the Territory. So again, our three friends of the show. The New Day Podcast. Greetings from Allentown and Booking the Territory. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. It is episode number 187. Quinn, I got one word for you, four letters. I know what they are, and I don't want to hear it. Nawa. This company, man. Now, Nawa, North Atlantic Wrestling Association. We've done this before. It's been a long time. We've done too much, Nawa. We've done a couple. Uh, Now, this was suggested to us by Richard Land. (laughs) Thanks, Richard, yet again. for He was on such a hot streak that I trusted him. He to... pulled the rug out from under me, Quinn. Yes. You know why? Because he's like, oh, mate, I got a great thing for you. It's uh, got someone on commentary oh, that you really like. Nawa. And he's like, oh, wait, it's Nawa. Like, months later, he's like, oh, that thing, mate, it's Nawa. And I'm, mm. fuck. So we did it. Now, Nawa, folks, if you've never listened to uh, our glowing reviews of it in the past... <laughs> Overall, Quinn, would you say, was that the worst thing? That was the worst. I would say that's the worst, too. It's pretty awful. It was a learning experience. Never watch (laughs) Never watch it. Never watch Nawa. Yeah, Nawa. I feel like it's one of those those companies you only know about if you listen to OVP, because no one fucking talks about (laughs) Nawa. Like, ten people know about this company, right? Like, seriously. Now, it was, uh, like I said, it stood for the North American Wrestling Association. That's how it started out. And it started in 1990, okay? So that's 1990, 1990. It lasted until 1992, so that's <laughs> yeah. a nice long run. By the end of it, it was known as South Atlantic Pro Wrestling. So I don't know how they went from North American Wrestling Association to South Atlantic Pro but Wrestling. They, 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 at one point, they had the whole country, basically, in Canada, yeah. right? Yeah. And then they were like, you know what? Just Fuck south. this shit. Just south, like yeah. Florida or yeah. something. Carolinas. Yeah. And it was actually founded by George Scott. You might have heard of George Scott from mm-hmm. his work in other wrestling companies. A couple of other people that I've never heard of named John Ringley and Mike Lamperth. Yeah, them. And uh, later, Paul Jones took it over. Oh, so that's why. Yes, yeah. with uh, one of the Dusecs, Frank Dusek. Okay. Now, basically, the point of it, in the vein of a, a Smoky Mountain that would follow, was, you know what? It's 1990 now. The WWF is very big. Ted Turner has purchased uh, the Crockett promotion. Mm-hmm. So what we need down here, damn it, in the Carolinas is some good old-fashioned wrestling. That always goes over well. We got to make it the 70s again, because that's that's when it was big. Remember remember how they were selling out? Yeah. Um, they sold out the Olympic Stadium right. in the 70s, and they were, you know, everything was, everything was 70,000 seat mm-hmm. arenas. It was just such a big, no. Why change with the times when you can stay in the past? Yeah. I mean, seriously. Why make it better when you can make it worse? (laughs) (laughs) Why go forwards when you can go way backwards? Yeah. And that's Nawa for you. So, listen, folks, you're going to hear some names that you heard of of before. There's a really good, good announcer here that we're going to get to. One of my all-time favorite color commentation people. Yes. Uh, So, we'll get to him. And that's actually the reason we're doing this show. It's really the only reason. It is. I'm dead serious. Because of uh, (laughs) a certain somebody. Certain somebody. I'm sorry. 
So without any further ado, it is Nawa, June 30th, 1990. So didn't we say no more of this ever? I feel like, like we always like, Didn't do. the last time yeah. we did Nawa, we said no more Nawa, no more it's Nawa. banned? Because it's, it's just, it never delivers. It's yep. the worst shit. <laughs> it is. It's poor. Uh, we get a very like hard rock intro here over a still image of like a crummy Nawa Super Nintendo logo. It's very shitty. It's like Saturday Night Slam Masters or something. <laughs> it like, was, yeah. right? It's very much. It's very much that. It's very much that. We're welcomed by Ted Webb. That's two D's, two B's. And he uh, wants us to... What was this? Yeah. He wants us to get the asbestos ready. What? Yeah, I, I thought I was crazy. I thought that was just a Quinn, like, hearing it wrong thing. Because, you know, how I have, like, the air conditioner running. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like, and I just wrote asbestos because I thought, that's funny, whatever, yeah. right? No, that's really that what he that, said. That's really what he said. Like, get the asbestos ready. <laughs> because the action's going to be hot and heavy. Get the asbestos ready because the action's going to get hot and heavy. Hello, everybody. Ted Webb. Yeah, why don't you also get poison control on the line and maybe yeah. some syrup of Ipecac handy, okay? I didn't, I didn't even hear his name at the beginning. I just kept, I called him some guy I the know, whole show. I, I pay attention, yeah. so I made sure to get his name. He never uh, said it again, so <laughs> I missed it the first time. He screwed for the rest <laughs> that, of That's it. what you offer. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not rewinding that. Yeah. <laughs> I, got, I, I have shit to do. Yeah. Uh, he's joined, Ted Webb is, by the best guy in wrestling ever. I'm not being sarcastic. I love this man, Lou Fez. Wait, Lou? Good! Good! Six-time world heavyweight champion, Lou Fez. How are you, champ? Thank you very much, Ted. I'm very good. Thank you. I'm Boy, we, enjoying the matches. Tonight. We got some great ones tonight. We love him, folks. Lou became like a superstar in commentary after that, like, whatever that was, Southwestern or yeah, something. He's done, like, all different. We've seen him on other things. He's, he's always like, good. He's like how Dusty is, like, the secretly great commentator. Yeah. Like, it's amazing. He's a gentleman. Yeah. Webb calls Lou the living legend. That's right. Take that shit, Zabisco, and shove mm-hmm. it up your ass. Lou says we're going to see some real heavy hitters tonight, Quinn. Yeah, he seems thrilled. Not really. No. Like, <laughs> Lou doesn't. It's like, what is this shit? We're going to see some real uh, heavy hitters here. Yeah. Ted. Mm-hmm. Uh, Webb now segues into the big Nawa heavyweight title tournament going on. We're, I like this. Where the winner's going to make a lot more money, and that's the name of the game. At least they're honest. They're like, right. yeah, they want money. So they're going to give him 80 bucks instead of 40 at the end of it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. You just get double, yeah. clearly. Uh, at least they're honest, though, about their MO, right? The, the yeah. winner wants the money. You okay. Want, yeah. They want to be able to buy a video game instead of not one. You know? <laughs> it's true. So Lou is ready for action, so we go up to our ring announcer, Fabian Fuentes. Uh, <laughs> this is a very dark room. It is. Like, what is this? Where are they? Yeah, I don't know. It, very so dim. It, it seems like a, a local recreation center that didn't have really good lighting. Yeah, a little Or that too they local. intentionally turned the fluorescence off and only kept the light bulb that's hanging over it. So on. you can't see the mustard stains on the yeah. walls. Uh, it's one fall, 10-minute tag team action here. First, we have Speedy Gonzalez. Very uncreative. <laughs> Speedy it's real, folks. Yeah. Weighing 235 pounds from North Chicago, here is Speedy Gonzalez. His partner, <laughs> not making this one up. I can't believe this. Hunter Thompson. Again? First of all, didn't he come up in something? <laughs> Hunter S. Thompson we've talked about recently, yes. Yeah, it's very... Th- these names are horrible. Very uncreative. It's like, who's an author? Who's a cartoon character? It's like, it's just... They just pick stuff off the shelf, you know? Yeah, I don't know if you caught it, folks, but F. Scott Fitzgerald was actually in the dark match. Yeah. Welcome to the Jungle fires up, which can only mean one thing, because when you think Welcome to the Jungle, you think Bo Reagan and Vince Torelli, who is Ken Shamrock... 
Wait, uh, that's him? Yes. Oh, he didn't look like him. No, he looks like Paul Roma here, yeah. actually. Their manager is Paul Jones, because fuck you. He's dressed like a normal person, which is really weird, by oh, the not way. Like a horseman or whatever the hell he normally is. This whole program threw me off, because this is not the Paul Jones I know. This is like... Yeah, he's normal. This is like when Teddy Long is managing Ice Train <laughs> version. Or Jim like, Powers. Where like, he's like extra like, hi, I'm Teddy... Teddy Long, like you know, hi, um, yeah. I'm Danny Glover. It's like it's like I used to be a character. I'm not anymore. Yeah, I just wear a regular suit now. Yeah, because he's really usually weird. dressed like Hitler or whatever the hell he is. I, I don't, don't know. know what it yeah, is. He, it's all over the place. It's always bad. The referee looks like Giles' dad. Hey, can you might borrow that lawnmower? Sure, you can. Bo Reagan, I swear we've seen him before, Quinn. Not that you would remember, but I swear we've seen Bo Reagan before. <laughs> I'll take your word for yeah. it. <laughs> Bo and Speedy start off here as Luthez, unfortunately, he needs the bass turned down on this mic. He's like, hi, I'm Luthez. Like, it sounds really bad. Well, this young boy, Vince, um, has a real aptitude for the sport, and uh, you can pick him out, you know, out of a crowd. It's very easy. Hi, I'm Luthez. Yeah. It's like, just hard to hear. Anyway, Speedy lands an arm drag and then poses. Lock up again. Top wrist lock by Bo. Paul Jones honestly looks like he just came from a job interview. That's the type of suit he's wearing. Like yeah. a very unassuming suit. Like I suit. said, he yeah. just looks like a guy. Yeah, it doesn't even look like Paul Jones, really. No, he doesn't. He, he talks later. He doesn't even sound like Paul Jones. <laughs> looks like he's going to retire in like, like four I, years. I really like this. this I like everyone. Yeah, we'll get to that. Good, but yeah. Good stuff here. Tag to Shamrock, who flops in looking all stupid. No I can't believe that's him. Yeah, Vince Charlie. Ken he doesn't Shamrock. look anything like it's him. It's really him. He's like a young up and comer yes! version. It's real. I'm not making it up. Uh, he hits a crappy fisherman suplex for two. Lou is like, uh, one of the things we teach constantly, bridge, bridge, bridge. Okay, Lou. Yeah. Uh, Hunter S. Thompson and now Shamrock <laughs> rides around on the back or in the double check. I don't care. It's very exciting. I like, by the way, how the notes don't say Hunter S. Thompson, but you can't even like. I help can't even help myself. It's just like, that's Hunter Thompson. Like, why would they? <laughs> that's the only thing that would ever cross your mind yeah. when they say Hunter S. Thompson, <laughs> yeah. obviously. Yeah, there's some fear and loathing here. Nice yeah. overhead suit play by Shamrock, which is called a suit play by Webb. Crappy small package by Reagan gets to Lou. He's like, I like that move. <laughs> yeah. In general, he didn't mean Reagan doing it. Lou just is a fan of the small package. Yeah, he's not a fan of these people. No. This is all very standard oh, fare. God, yeah. Hammerlocks and shit. It's like, look, they can wrestle. Yeah, great. Continuing to apply the pressure, hooking the leg, cradles him. One, two, Thompson kicks out. That small package is really a super. You can beat a fella very quickly with it. No doubt. Webb, I gotta say, decent voice, actually calls moves, so I can't complain. Fez and Webb now talk about conditioning, how it's very important. Webb says Lou Fez looks awesome, and he can get in the ring right now. I mean, here's the thing. It's true. Lou looks great, especially considering he was at the Last Supper. Like, he really does! <laughs> he does look good. Remember, Isn't he, he like always 90 here? Like, I'm not even joking. <laughs> he's not 90. <laughs> he's in his 80s at he's, the very least. <laughs> I think... If anything, he's like 74, but still, he looks amazing. It's insane. Remember, he looked like that until the end. Yeah, remember, he looked- he's, remember he's like on that WWF thing in like the late 90s yeah. where he's like literally 90. Yeah, and he looked awesome. He looks fine. He's great. I love yeah. Luthez. And he says he still trains five days a week. Of course he does. <laughs> I know. He's like, I don't care. Uh, crappy bridging armbar by Shamrock. Head scissors, wrist lock combo now. Can we get on with it? I, like, can this, we? Yeah. I was already wanting to turn this off. Well, you know what the problem is, Quinn? It's not bad so much as it's extremely boring, pointless, and stupid. Fisherman's. It's, <laughs> it's just them proving to like whoever in the back that they can wrestle so that somebody else hires them. Yeah, and this is what's going to revolutionize the industry. Right. We need the territories back, a bunch man. Of, a bunch of people just trying to get into another company. <laughs> like That's all this is. 
It's real. It's real. Or a bunch of people that got fired from the big company, and they're they're like, well, I need to get a paycheck. Trent Thunder of wrestling yeah. over here. Fisherman suplex by Shamrock. It's two again, and Reagan comes back in with a very nice delayed vertical for two. Can it just be over, please? Yeah. Shamrock Roma comes back in now with a dangerous-looking overhead belly-to-belly for the win. This stunk. Yes, it did. I'm like yawning thinking well, about it. It's not good. We cut to break now and come back to Jerry Price being introduced. What? His partner... From Monroe, not just no t- no state, nothing. Nope. Monroe, don't know where is Daryl Woodworth <laughs> with these names, Price and Woodworth. Jerry like Price, a firm. it's just fake Jerry Rice. They, that's all it is. That's what they're going for. Jerry Rice. Yeah, uh, their opponents first from Venice Beach, California. Well, that's not a familiar hometown. Mm-hmm. It's Colt Steel, hot, hot. Did everyone wanted him in the nineties, right? He looks like Barry Windham. If Barry Wyndham was dressing up like Sandy Beach, imitating Sting with no makeup. His partner's Brad Anderson, who's the son of Gene Anderson, I think. I don't even care. It doesn't matter. None of yeah, this matters. They're both just big early 90s dorks. Although, I gotta say, the heels remind me of the original Dream Team for some reason. Just slightly less old looking. I guess. I don't know. They just they have that air about them. Yeah, outdated. Yeah, exactly. That's what <laughs> right. I mean. Webb says, yeah, Brad is the son of Gene Anderson for the two of you that care about the real Anderson relations mm-hmm. out there. Steel and Price start headlock by Steel. I literally went to look at something else for like a minute, and we come back, we're still in the headlock. Check what cereal you had or something so, like I forget yeah. what I was doing, yeah. yeah. Uh, by the way, this is an Australian tag team match, Quinn. Why do they even say that? Isn't pretty much like every tag team match in Australian tag match. Like, isn't it just assume that that's the rules of what, tag team matches now? What is the difference again? I There's really a tag don't... rope. Isn't that what it is? <laughs> is that what it is? I think what it is. I don't remember. I think it is the rule, but it's it's something... The point is, is that you don't need to know because it's something that's been integrated in tag team matches for so fucking long. The 60s. That, yeah, that it's like not even, it doesn't need to be mentioned anymore. <laughs> you know what I mean? So wait, what was the difference before Australia? I think you could like wander around on the apron. You could like tag from any point. Are you serious? I'm pretty sure. I could be getting it wrong. But it doesn't it, matter. It's some arbitrary tag team match rule that you don't think about. Okay. Like that's like just. You're like, well, of course, it's a tag team. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right, it's right. that. Okay, fair enough. Uh, Price finally uh, flips out of this headlock here. Steel gets all handy with him. He pounds away in the corner. Almost no one cares. I just got to remind you, folks, this stinks. Like, this show, no one gives a shit in the no. crowd. If there no. is a crowd, it's too dark to tell. It's poor. It's clear that the crowd just heard there was going to be wrestling here tonight. Mm. And they, you know, it's like there wasn't really anything going on. They didn't no. feel like going to, like, the Italian restaurant or something, <laughs> d- doing di- something different that night. So right. they just went to this. Get a couple of paintings at Sears, right, you know, yeah. something like that. Go shopping, maybe. Shopping, yeah. right. Uh, so anyway, uh, Steel pounds away in the corner. Like I said, nobody cares. Corner whip is reversed by Price, but he eats a back elbow. Fez sounds just about as excited as me right now. This is very nothing. It feels like two opening matches in a row because yeah. the last match is like very much like this match. Same thing. Yep. And uh, Anderson comes in now with some chops and an Irish whip and a really shitty elbow. So the WGGT TV 48 logo comes on the screen. Steel gets back in and hits a sloppy power slam. But like it even is that? Well, I took the opportunity to look it up, Quinn. I- it's a channel in the Greensboro, Winston-Salem area of North Carolina. Okay. It launched on May 9th, 1981, so nine years before this. Now, it was just a general station. Cartoons, you know, your classic movies. Your, actually Channel 48 in its area? I guess so. Yeah. Your sitcoms. Very similar to how uh, we had our, our WPIX right, as an yeah. independent station that growing up. That was doing up. that kind of thing. That type of thing. Uh, WWOR, that type but, of deal. Well, also, whatever Channel 3, what, PAX or whatever that is. PAX was cable, though. Oh, you Strictly didn't get Channel cable. 3 on regular? I think, was it over the air? 
Yeah, it was on the. It was on, over it, there. It was on. It, it was either on three or six. I had it on three. Yeah, packs. Yeah. Now, anyway, this WGG TV here stayed in independent until 1991. Then it became a Fox affiliate until 1995. Then it had a year as an ABC affiliate until 1996. Wow, upgraded to ABC. ABC, affiliate. yes, That's big. But then it downgraded and became a UPN affili- affiliate until 2006. Now, why am I talking about all this? Because this match stinks. Steel yeah. gets a crappy assisted power bomb. For the win. Weird finisher. Stupid. Yeah, I'd rather talk about acid wash memories related things uh-huh. than this match. Exactly. Now, Webb's like, hey, Lou, what is that move called? And Lou's like, it's a reverse slam because you know what? I invented the fucking power bomb. That's not a power bomb. This sucks. <laughs> that was an awkward way they did it to like yeah. a guy like the one of them, Anderson Jr. or whatever. He like lifted him up, but he couldn't like do it. And then he like needed help from yes. Cold Steel over here. <laughs> and he like kind of was like, okay, get him up there. And then he's like, hand him over to me. And then he power bombs. Sorry. Why ass. can't you just do the power bomb? <laughs> like, what, why? Well, that was so convoluted. That's why Lou's like, it's a reverse slam. I don't know. It wasn't a fucking power bomb to me. They didn't do yeah. it right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, don't worry. More shit is coming. We come back where Webb is backstage with Bob Orton. And I love, Quinn, that Cowboy Bob Orton is literally always the same thing from, like, 79 until 96. He yeah. doesn't change ever. Mm-hmm. He talks about this big tournament for the Nawa title, which features himself, Ricky Steamboat, Ken Shamrock, and more. And then he cuts this doofy promo. He's like, oh, you people that wake up for work and you hate your lives. Well, I'm good. And my partner, Samidi, is also good. Ooh. And uh, blood and guts, daddy, that's the way it is. We're constantly, constantly making them suffer, making them sweat. Blood and guts, daddy. That's the way you got to get in there and dig it out. Honestly, none of this matters at all because it's Nawa. Like, that's, like, it doesn't. Like, who gives a shit? Like, I, no one cares about the Nawa title. It doesn't matter. And he's like, I got to keep my tag team skills yeah, up or Samidi. something. It's like fucking practice. What We're talking about practice now and stuff. What is this? Well, uh, Webb wants to know now what Cowboy thinks of the American Bulldogs, who are actually the Pitbulls. More on them later. Yeah. And he's like, you know what? Whatever. Because you spell wrestling O-R-T-O-N. And also, I like torturing people. That's nice. Back to ringside now, where William Ford is introduced to get his ass kicked <laughs> by Bob <fuck>? Orton. <laughs> William Ford. <laughs> That's ridiculous. So Cowboy's here. He's got dark purple tights. He takes Ford down right away. As you hear a guy scream, this is boring! I agree. I know, it's terrible, uh, that, was a, that was an appropriate yell. This is boring! I like that it's somebody just cracked after, like, the third match. <laughs> yeah, they're like, like this the cr- fucking sucks. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if he just, like, walked out after he yelled it. Like, <laughs> yeah. This is fucking boring! And he just leaves. Just leaves. Got out to his, like, car, his, like, Toyota or whatever. <laughs> Toyota? Yeah. Camry? Yeah. Or Tercel or? 1987 edition. Camry. It's a, it's a newer, newer yeah, version new. back it's then, yeah. Right hands by Orton, uh, and now we're back on the mat again. Welcome to eight years ago. Seriously, like, this though. Is, this is 82, without the fun of 82. Right. But Luthez thinks Orton is very impressive because he's got that newfangled superplex move. God. He does make a big stink about it. The fact that they it. act like he's in his prime or something, this whole match is, like, embarrassing. He's, like, so old. He's, like, 40. Yeah. yeah. He's definitely not in his prime. Yeah. Uh, more laying around, more punching. I see announcers talk about used cars. Like Speaking eight, of cars. That 87 camera, yeah, obviously. Yeah. Close on by Orton. More fuckery around. Around, just walking around, you the know. Choppers ever do anything on this show? These these squashes are so long. I know, like usually, jobbers obviously they don't get much offense, and I don't love when they get too much offense. But the problem is, is these matches are like ten minutes. Yeah, they all like, are. They give, you can't just beat someone up for that long. It gets boring. Yeah, it gets old. <laughs> it really does. 
forward some rights, but Orton says, no, I'm not doing that. Puts him up for the superplex. He hits it and turns it around into a pin, which is cool. Fez chuckles and he's like, huh, 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 super slam. Lou is great. I love him. Lou is fantastic. <laughs> he's just so lovable. Uh, we're back now where Ted Webb is with Paul Jones, Bo Reagan. Bo Reagan and Vince Torelli and Ken Shamrock. Can I just say, I couldn't believe that Bo, when Bo Reagan came on the screen, Joe, right? That's the only time I went back because I was like, no. That's like, really because, his you know, name. I always say Bo Bradley as yes. a joke. I was like, they forgot the B, right? No, like, it's he's really not Bo. Bo, Bo, it's really Bo. Bo knows. Yeah. Bo blows. Uh, Paul Jones says that in every sport today, the big stars are over the hill. We just saw Bob Orton. Like, mm-hmm. so wrestling yeah. included. Yes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Not a timely time to be making fun of other sports. Not a good idea. Or- he literally was in the last segment. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, no, but Reagan and Torelli, they're the new breed. They're going to be the next champions. I have all the confidence in the world. I'm taking all my training. I'm not taking any money, any of their money. Again, it's so strange seeing him act like nice, boring face, like he's somebody's grandpa or something. <laughs> it's like real. He's bad. Grandfather. Yeah. <laughs> Werther's. Wait, Werther's originals. Hey there, Ryan. Grandpa, hmm? you can't imagine how many different butter candies I just saw in the store. One. Reagan says Paul is great. Shamrock's, Shamrock's all like, I'm good. Bo Reagan is good. Paul Jones is good. He needs to shut up. Yes, he does. Oh, and they also don't say die, which I don't know what that phrase is. He's like, and we don't say die. No, I think it made me never say die. Like, that's like a, that's an actual phrase. <laughs> yeah. we, it's not, we don't say die. That's what but he That's said. not how you say we, we have a never say die attitude. Right, like, right. that's like what you're supposed to say. He's like, and we never say die. Yeah. <laughs> We're new, but we're still learning, and we're going to be there. We're going to be just as tough as anybody else, because when we step in that ring, we're competitors, and we will not give up. We don't say die. A hard cut now to the nasty boys being assholes as they enter the ring? They work here? I guess. Don't, don't they have, like, better positions somewhere <laughs> else? Like, even in AWA at this point? Like, that's better than this. Weren't they in WCW, like, now? And then doesn't Vince take them from WCW? Maybe it's one of those situations year? where they, like, filmed this, like, when they were they didn't have the, they didn't have the contracts yet for either company, right? They weren't, like, signed anywhere, and they were, like... Well, let's go get some gigs just in case, yeah. right? And they film this and then, like, now what, like, sit, put it in the can for, like, months. Weren't they working for WCW without a contract? And Vince is like, oh, you don't have a contract? You're going to come that happen yeah, Because that, means, so. that would explain why they're just barnstorming <laughs> yeah. Nawa for probably just a couple extra bucks. They're probably. Just, yeah, that's all this is, probably. Like, literally gas money, probably. Yeah. Anyway, Nobbs gets all pissy on the mic for no real explained reason. Anyway, their opponents have shitty music, and they're the American Bulldogs, Rex and Spike. Yes, as I mentioned, that's the Pitbulls from ECW. It even says Pitbulls on their trunks, <laughs> like, even though they're called the American Bulldogs. Yeah, which is clearly just like, oh, remember the British Bulldogs? Ha-ha. I know. That's all that is. It's uh, horrible. The Nasties have their homemade-looking shirts, which I honestly think are better than the neon graffiti ones, Quinn. Yeah, they're looking very bootleg Nasty Boys, like less Disney version, you know, with the with the logo thing. Yeah, like they're handwritten. Yeah, it, it, I think it makes them look more authentic, actually. I though. like it, too. Yeah. No, I do. I like it better than like the clearly, like, let's get these printed, you know, WWF well, graffiti shirts. Is, they're supposed to be grungy street guys. Yeah. Like, they should be, like, it should look like they wrote the logo themselves. That's what it looks like, right? right? Yeah, this and, looks way... This is what they should have been wearing in WF all along. Right. If they never got cute in yep. the WWF, I would have liked them a lot more. Me too. Seriously. Because they, they do seem a little more badass here. Especially yes. Sags, for some reason. He seems amazing. especially, like, badass. I told you from the beginning that Sags is amazing. Well, no here's the thing. No one appreciates Jerry Sags like I do. I think 
I've always said this. I think Nobbs is the captain, and he has a little bit more yeah, charisma. He is because like, he, you know, he he made up Pity City and all that. Like, that's not good. I just mean that Nobbs is always looking out. He's looking out for him and Sachs, like okay. as far as how they make their money. I, I feel like Nobbs is kind of he's doing the he's the guiding light. He's the guiding light. He's like Sags. We're gonna we're gonna get shirts. Like okay. that was his idea. Right, one hundred percent. Oh, definitely. And Sags is like that's a good idea. We should get shirts. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? It's like that kind of situation. Right. Okay, fair enough. Only a ten minute time moment here, thankfully, as Nobbs stalls like he's Larry Zabisco before locking up with Spike. Shove off by Nobbs. Luthez, in a very polite way, basically says that even though Nobbs looks fat, he's strong. There you go. He's got fat strength. <laughs> he does. Webb uh, references the Nasties as being from New York City. Which is actually their canon in every company except WWF. Well, they're from Nastyville or whatever, right? Well, that's a little bit later, but in WWF, they're from Allentown. Oh, you're right. Which is their actual hometown. You're absolutely right. But I in, totally forgot about that. In other companies, they're from New York. Uh, I wonder if maybe because WF's from New York, they didn't want to like... Maybe it means the, something different to them. The irony being that WWF's also from Allentown. Right. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Isn't that funny? That is weird. I wonder if Nobs and Sags are at some of those fucking tapings. This had to be some kind of like joke between the guys in the back. Like, you know what I mean? Where they switch their... I don't know. Maybe like, I, I don't know. know. It seems too coincidental. You're right. Because Allentown. Yeah. yeah. We've been to Allentown. Right. It's fine. It's it's a town. It's a town. Referee is Ron West, but I really wish it was Don West. That'd be funnier. <laughs> Get your video now, right, Yeah, if he was, if, if this was like an early gig, kind of how Shamrock's on here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, Nobs farts around more while Spike is posing. This stinks, but just wrestle. Already. I know. I'm not like, serious. I don't folks, like this. Seriously, we just we were just talking about not 20 minutes ago about the greatest of all time in Ric Flair and Dusty Rhodes and promos, and now we're doing this. Yeah. Thanks, Richard. Thanks, Nawa. Anyway, I took this opportunity to look up Ted Webb, our announcer. And just as I suspected, he was a radio personality, also a sportscaster, mainly down in Florida. He's retired now because he's 71. Of course. But it explains it all why he's pretty solid here, because he's just a professional Mm -hmm. sportscaster. Gotcha. He's a remarkable guy. I have learned so much from Ted. He's just the greatest. Ted is my family. There's also a very nice picture of Ted Webb with the Macho Man on his website. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> Maybe very happy. He's he has like, a website. Yeah, and he's like, "Here's oh. me with the Macho Man." Like he's not like wow. mean about wrestling. He like well, everyone go is what is it? TedWebb.com or I something? Think something like that. Just look it up. Look okay. it up. Folks. Look it up. That site's gonna get like 150 <laughs> hits this week or whatever. <laughs> right. Anyway, uh, Sags comes in now to get beat up. As Webb says, the Bulldogs went to school at Our Lady of Charles Bronson, which is actually that, that's not real. <laughs> There's no way, right? What the hell? That's like you say, and Thomas Jefferson wasn't even there. That right, was funny. Yeah, that, that, there's no way. <laughs> there's no way that's yeah. a real Catholic school. Yeah. Anyway, double elbows by the Bulldogs here. As Webb calls them the British Bulldogs by accident, I don't even blame him. Yeah, I know. They're right? really trying to be that. <laughs> that's all it is. Yeah, even like the tights are similar. The style. I, I just the hate the idea of like the American bull. It's just such a ripoff. It's very ripoff. Yeah. What- Pitbulls is a cool name anyway. Why didn't they just stick with that? Exactly. It's really weird. It's a better name, honestly. Anyway, the Nasty's bell as Webb says to keep an eye on the radio and the newspapers because they will let us know when Nawa is going to be doing their tag title tournament. Yeah, yeah sure. I'm sure every the New York Times is going to be covering the Nawa <laughs> World Championship tournament. It's going to be in the Wall Street Journal. You yeah. know what I mean? Nawa to hold <laughs> heavyweight. It would have been if tournament. it was 1916. Before, seriously, it would, but nobody cares in 1990. 1916. Yeah, because didn't it like wasn't it like 1920-something when they like outed them or whatever? Uh, yeah, it's the turn of the century in yeah. general. Yeah. <laughs> Nob's back in now. Spike with a drop to hold on an arm bar. 
There's so much arm in this match. So when all else fails, arm. Rex does some arm stuff. Spike some, does some arm stuff. They're all very arm. There's a like, lot of it's, arm. It's very arm. They might as well get arm processors. Like, it's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of arm, folks. Zach's back in. He takes control now with some big fat work. <sighs> Two minutes remaining, says Webb. So you know this is going to be a draw, Quinn. Please, no. Spike what? gets knocked outside. Sags lads a crappy double axe from the apron. Spike leaps back in right into a front face lock. No one is even rushing to beat this so-called time limit. Yeah. Everyone's like taking their time. I don't think there was a time limit. <laughs> I don't think anyone knew about it. Maybe there was. But They're the just re- making it up. They, they weren't telling knobs, sags, or any of the pit bulls. Nobody, nobody seemed to be aware that there was a time limit expiring. Oh yeah, is it only being said on commentary, not right. in the arena? It's not said in the arena, so the wrestlers don't even know. They probably know the finish is a time limit draw, but they're not aware to Good time point. their spots at all. Right, right, yeah, because it doesn't seem that way. Right. Double Naga Knocker on the Nasties by Spike as the bell rings for time. Brawl breaks out. This match was crap. That's yeah, terrible. More brawling around, but like I've said, folks, pretty much nobody cares. We go to break, we come back for another match. Oh, good. It's Chuck Coates who's wearing a vest. His opponent is Ricky Steamboat entering the series. Yay! Why is he there, though? Like, <laughs> shouldn't he be an NWA Nawa minus A? Yes. Oh, you know? <laughs> Get the A out. Get the, that, that, the NWA did that a long time ago. Yeah. They got the A out. <laughs> uh, for reasons, Steamboat has a goatee. It's very what? weird. Yeah, it was like Bizarro World version. <laughs> that midlife crisis version of Literally Steamboat. Literally Bizarro World version. <laughs> Literally, with the, yeah. With the, with the, with the, uh, weird. This match is for TV time remaining here. And other than the weird facial hair, Steamboat looks good. Lock up in a shoulder block by Fartman or whoever is opponent this. Chuck Coates headlock by Chuck Jacket into a takedown. But Steamboat rolls over for two. Web keeps saying cat quick or whatever. <laughs> yeah. But all we're looking at is like a headlock. It's like, oh, they are cat quick in there. It's like it's just in a rest hold while saying that. Also, no one says cat quick. Like, why is he saying that? They say K quick, obviously. (laughs) Or nest quick. Yeah. But it's quick as a cat. You don't try to shorten it to cat quick. What's wrong with him? He's trying to coin a term here on Nawa that this show everyone watches. Doing a Doing a bad job. Bruno Fez over here again brings up conditioning as we get a side headlock by Coates. Push off by Steamboat. Shoulder block again. Drop down by Steamboat. Coates with another side headlock takeover. Leapfrog by Steamboat. Sunset foot by Coates. Side lock takeover again by Coates. This Coates fellow though? Not bad. I'm not going to lie. He's okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, Finally, Steamboat with a couple of arm drags and an arm bar. Standing position. Arm ringer by Steamer. Wrist lock, but Coates with a couple of punches to break out. Coates with a big comeback somehow. Corner whip, reversed, big chop by Steamboat. Steamboat heads all the way up top and lands a nice crossbody for the win. Honestly, not bad. Yeah, it was whatever. It was okay. <laughs> we go back to Webb now, who is with Ricky Steamboat. And War Eagle, who is, of course, Chris Tatanka Chavis. What? <laughs> yeah, Tatanka's here. Uh, and I guess- How did he get on this? Come on! I think he's in the first novel we ever reviewed, uh, Yeah, man. he was. He was. I was glad that he wasn't here, actually. I thought he was going to be the whole the whole show was going to be about him. Like, that time, like, Tugboat was the premiere guy and something else. Like, <laughs> remember that? What was that? Yeah, like, it, I thought that that was going to happen, so it was actually nice to only see him at the end. Yeah, I know. It's true. So, uh, anyway, I guess they're calling out the Nasty Boys, which is fine with me. Steamboat says, you know, there's a lot of young up-and-comers that I can relate to because uh, I used to be one. Cool. Uh, Steamboat puts over Coates, the guy he just wrestled, and he says he's happy to have Tatanka by his side. Ugh, if, Why? He, if he only knew yeah. <laughs> what that leads to. It's true. Has anyone ever been like, you know who really helped me? Tatanka. Million Dollar Man. That's about it. <laughs> Keeping that Million Dollar Corporation on life support. God. 
So then a steamboat decides to say, you know, this Indian and this Hawaiian. Why is he saying that? He keeps saying it like it's like, it's like this Indian and this Hawaiian are going to win the tag cut. Like he's like very bold about it. Like he's very like, this is their catchphrase. This Indian and Hawaiian. Yeah. This Indian and this Hawaiian. They're very big on like, this is where we're from. Yeah. So, and we're going to say that, you know? Right. Weird. They're both just. American, right? Why, technically, the, why don't they say these Americans? <laughs> yeah, I mean, Steamboat's American. Yeah, yeah. Tatanga is Native American, but anyway, Steamboat's facial hair kind of makes him look like Mark Merrow a little tiny yeah, bit at first glance. I think I, I have to. I keep. I know I said this it's before, okay. but I think it looks good with it. No, I, it's fine. It makes him look. It makes him look actually more of a badass. It's true. It's true. Steamboat then says he wants the Indian and the Hawaiian to face the Nasty Boys, and he tells the fans to write into Nawa so we can get this match made. There's no way anybody ever wrote to this. You think ever. like zero people? I don't, e- I don't even know the people who knew that it was on TV, let alone <laughs> wrote to it. You think like literally no one wrote in? I don't, maybe they got one letter from like the daughter of the owner because her dad... Said to resident on it? Yeah, like her dad sat at dinner one night. Man, it would be really nice if like people wrote in and cared about my company, right? She felt bad. She came in the mail. Dad, look what we got uh, in the mail. No, she tried to mask it, Joe. Oh. But it, it, he could tell her handwriting. Oh, that, right, that's she's like, young. Yeah, she's like, she wrote as like little Timmy or something. Little Timmy, right? Yeah. yeah. See, uh, it's, yeah. All, it's all canon, obviously. Okay. Right. Anyway, after a steamboat asked people to write in, Webb does this very funny like sly look at the camera, which I can't replicate because this is an audio show, but he's all like, hmm. Like, like, yeah, okay, that'll happen. Like, yeah. he even gives the side eye. It's amazing. Webb's good. Anyway, Steamboat's very happy re- bringing the wrestling back here in the Carolinas as it's Webb. very territory, this whole promo. Yeah, it's very. Kept talking about this location, this yeah, area. Yeah, it's great here. We're going to yeah. really revolutionize the business. Webb's like, okay, we got to go. Bye. This was, if our review was boring and mediocre, that's because this show was. This was bad. Yeah, like, here's the thing. It was okay for Nawa. It yeah. wasn't, like, the worst Nawa I've ever seen. Presentation's but it was, fine. Very boring. Nothing stand out. Nothing of worth happened. Like you like Bob Orton a real lot. I guess you can watch the show. Like a long nasty boys time limit draw. <laughs> yeah. You want to see a young Ken Shamrock? Ken, yeah. Ken Shamrock, damn it. it. Might as well be his name because you can't even tell who the hell he is. Yeah. I mean, just Richard Luthez was not enough to save this one, my friend. He didn't save it this time around. So, so I guess Quinn, like we always do, are we banning Nawa again? We'll ban it until <laughs> somebody picks it again. Whatever. You're banned. You're banned again, Nawa. <laughs> anyway, folks, uh, I want to just remind you, please, real quick here. Follow us on Twitter at OVP Podcast before we sign off. I also want to remind you, you can leave us a review, Apple Podcasts, iTunes. We'd really appreciate that. And of course, if you want to donate, you can do so. Patreon.com slash OVP podcast. You get a lot of extra stuff. But Quinn, I had fun this week with you romping through the world of retro wrestling. It's a good romp this week. It was week. a good romp. Uh, obviously, give us your feedback on Royal Rankings. Let us know why. We like to know why. And we have a few more episodes here for this season. Some more up-and-comers coming next week, folks. So until that time, until next week, I'm Joe Murata. That is Michael Quinn, and we are getting the heck out of here. See ya. At times when you have been to the top and there's no other way but down, you sort of get maybe a little lazy. Maybe your guard is down just for a few seconds here and there. And you get some young, hungry lion in there against uh, a seasoned veteran that may have his guard down and the next thing you know my shoulders could have been down for the mat for a one two three i give credit where credit due the young kid's good i'm glad to have a big fellow like this on my side we're talking right now negotiating and i think we're filling in the small spaces 
But I think we're going to be right up there at the very top during this tag team tournament. I'll tell you what. We... You can bet that the fans out there, that whenever they see this Indian and this Hawaiian out there in that ring, that we're going to give it our best shot. But I'll tell you something right now. I'd like for some time that the next time they do television for the Indian and the Hawaiian to go...